Bruce. I want to know why Loki let us take him. He's not leading an army from here. I don't think we should be focusing on Loki. That guy's brain is a bag full of cats. He could smell crazy on him. I've care how you speak. Loki is beyond reason, but he is of Asgard. And he is my brother. He killed 80 people in two days. He's adopted. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Hobbit Coffee Cast. I, of course, I am Reese Bolton. And of course, I am Reese Jones. There's only just us two, so you know, get used to it. <laughs> get used to it. That's... No, we have some. We have some people on. It's just um, trying to find a, a time to suit everybody. Yeah. I mean, like you and me, like always, we do absolutely nothing right now. But like. Obviously, if, if we want to have a guest join us, we need to fit around their kind of time schedule. So, yeah. I mean, that would be quite fun, actually, I think, having people on and, and getting, um, I wouldn't necessarily say, like, you know, a fresh perspective, but, like, a different perspective, like, that, other than, uh, uh, you know, mine or yours. I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and a lot of this is going to be, like, a uh, piss take to be oh, honest God, as yeah. well. Like, it's like, you know, um, that's basically what his podcast is, to be honest. <laughs> this one is. We're not super. Are we super serious, Reese? Because uh... oh, um, I was going to swear really bad there. No, but but hell no, no, this isn't serious at all. I I I, I try to keep PG. Uh, yeah. Because I I, I swear I swore like I swore like three times in the last uh, podcast episode. Oh, we're like um, Breaking Bad. We're allowed one f bomb per season. <laughs> we got to use it what, what was it? What was it in films? It's like. If a film that says like fuck yeah. like more than um, twice in a twelve film, then it's like a fifteen and we're R rated. What's the equivalent of like a twelve A in America? It's PG thirteen. PG thirteen, and then R rated well, is like fifteen, eighteen. PG thirteen, you're allowed one F bomb. Yeah, but if you have anything more than that, then it's R rated. Yeah, it? yeah, yeah. It's really weird, right? Because like here we got. What is it? Isn't there like eight, then twelve, twelve A, fifteen, eighteen, and then just and then like you is like uh you know, it's like Well it's, there's there's uh... X X as well, but that's it's not like eight X is like porn porn, isn't it? Like we have X in Britain. No, we uh, I think there's X in America, but I don't I don't know if it's like they scrapped that, but I think in the nineties X was like porn yeah. um porn yeah. films. I think X was just basically like, you know, it's not safe for work in general, yeah. you know. <laughs> not um, safe. Yeah. Man, I, can't, I, bet, I can't believe it's so weird how, like, there was, like, porn cinemas in, like, yeah. in this back, like, like what's it, like, 70s, 80s yeah. and stuff. But even before then, like, you know, they, you would have, like, um, what, what do you call them? Like, um, just, imagine, just imagine, just imagine goat, what, like, in porn silent films. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, but wait, imagine going there and there's like other people there and stuff. It's oh just, God. it's just a bit weird, like, yeah, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> they like with your popcorn. Just don't. don't, don't yeah, don't, they had. Don't they they serve refreshments. Some of them took. Obviously, the, the dot, like the really crap ones, didn't have any refreshments and stuff. But then, like, but it's. Oh God, I think I remember watching this like noir film, and yeah. it's like a detective or like a private investigator. And he follows this guy that he's investigating. He goes yeah. to a porn theater, <laughs> and he follows him. And then, like, obviously, the guy's like watching pil- um, porn in like this um, screen room, and the fire investigator's just like sitting in the back, just like watching him, just, like <laughs> keeping eyes every move. It's so weird. Like, 
Um, that's a great start of the podcast talking about porn. Like, yeah, porn. <laughs> yeah. And demonetize. <laughs> demonetize. Yeah, f YouTube, man. Jesus. Oh god, I was um, oh um, speaking of um, speaking of porn. This is a, <laughs> this is a very, very, no. This is a very weird segue. That's brilliant. The, the weird how you can literally like customize your character's genitalia in oh, cyberpunk. cyberpunk. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what, what is your opinion of that? I think it's really good. I, I'm really. It's very flashy. Flashy. Yeah. It's, it's very flashy. So so cyberpunky. Yeah. As, as well, like. I mean, do you know, like I, th- I think that sort of like, given you know, if if someone is given like massive customization in a game, they are going to be people who are going to go like off the rails and like going to create like these crazy characters. But then again, I think like yeah, yeah. if the creativity is there, you know, let them go wild. You know, I, I'd much rather them be playing games than like you know actually like doing stupid stuff. You know, in the real world, you know. I think there was there was one part where it, it, I think it's like um, it, on one of the game videos, gameplay videos I watched. Yeah. They um, you basically like fight. Yeah. Like. A pun, you know, fist fight these bunch of guys like on this rooftop, yeah. And it just felt weird, like the punching. I don't know why, like, it didn't feel like, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm a bit thingy, but maybe about the first person perspective, yeah. I, I, I would like to have a choice between a third person as well, um, because it feels weird going from a third person to Witcher. To a first person, like that's what I was gonna say. Like people I've... had it in their minds that this was gonna be CD Projekt Red's new game, and they had their, the in their minds, uh, The Witcher, sort of like you know, um, open world Roman RPG, but obviously cyberpunk version. And I mean, I think it's it's broken the sort of um, expectation, you know. Yeah, maybe, maybe there is a mechanic that allows you to change. So. But like all the gameplay was just first person. I think yeah. I think I prefer better if it's like yeah. third person, because some games are really yeah. can do well in first person. Yeah. I feel like Cyberpunk probably do better in third person. Yeah. But obviously, if they have a game mechanic that comes out, um, comes out, you know, after which, well, uh, you know, when it releases, that you can go in third person. I'll yeah. go with that. I'll go with that. Yeah. But that's everything else looks great. Look like the. The development of the graphics looks amazing. Yeah. Um, and um, so, have you seen the new trailer they released? Yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah. So in that, right, like it sort of it plays into the whole, you know, like the original trailer that came out. Um, you know that that fella who you play, like you know, you get shot by that uh, guy, and then he wakes up and Johnny Silverhand's there. You know, uh, Keanu Reeves' yeah. character. Yeah. Well, yeah. in this one, it shows Johnny Silverhand again, but he sort of like he flickers. Like a glitch, and it almost oh, looks mate, like he's not real. So I don't mate, know whether gonna, that's. Like... It's gonna be so. I hope there's a lot of twists. In yeah. This, in this narrative. I, mean, I hope it's in that trailer. I don't know whether it's like a red herring, but they make out as if he's not real. Do you reckon he's like um, a simul? Do you reckon it's all simulation? I, I hope that they don't. Oh my god! <laughs> <in this world. laughs> it's in a simulation. No, but, no do, you, do you reckon he's like he's like not like he's like an image put, I, in, put hope, in the guy's head i hope he isn't because i hope it's like it's going to be like a black ops 2 like resnog sort of uh, deal and i didn't really like that but when he's in the machine um yeah. in the gate you know I mean, do you watch a gameplay video where um 
he goes into the shop. Oh no! And I think he I put... just watched the trailer. Oh, like right. there's what there's like there's um there's a gameplay video. I watched a lot of gameplay videos uh, after yeah. after the trailer came out, and one of them like it's like a I think it's like a, it's a simulation, Mrs. Yeah. Where he goes to rob this guy. Obviously, this asks him to go and uh, rob a shop. And he goes and robs the shop, and then he gets shot and dies. Yeah. And then he replays that, and then and it's basically like it's basically introducing the game, the gamer to like the gameplay and um, how you can like um, oh god, it's really it's really convincing how you can like notice new stuff when you on your like um, when you when you play it. Right. Yeah. So you find out that like. Someone shoots you, but then you don't know who. And then if you were will play the the whole simulation, you find you find out it's like your your buddy that shoots you, the criminal buddy shoots you, All right. and takes some money. Yeah. And it's really hard. It's really hard to like put into, put into words, yeah. really. But well, I mean, if it's a new concept, I think it will be sort of hard yeah. To, um, I think it's obviously a lot there. of stuff. I feel like a lot of it is really taking inspiration, homage to like Blade Runner. Um, yeah. Yeah, Blade Runner, Alter Carbon, yeah. those types of. Well, um, Cyberpunk was a. I think it was a board game, right? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, I remember, yeah. I think it was like something from the nineties or something. I mean, yeah, the fella's still alive, alive now, so I mean, it can't be that old, you know. Um. That's... Yeah. Um. Yeah. Look, I'm, I'm obviously I want I want to like more. Coming out because yeah. I'm like I I'm really into it because I like cyberpunk like, yeah. in general and CG project yeah. CG project Red. Yeah. Do you reckon they'll make a Witcher a Witcher four? I mean, they said there's they, rumors of it. Yeah. But I don't think it'll be anything to do with um the main Bill. like characters or anything because I mean they they've already sort of told their story. No. I mean, you could f- have it focus on Siri, but with Gail, like yeah. his story's literally ended. It's I mean, a, I think it could be like uh, you know a lot of span. Uh, sorry, a lot of fan speculation is that um, it might be about Vesemir. Oh, so it's like a prequel. Yeah, yeah, but I mean yeah. that's speculation, and yeah, people are starting to believe in more because the Netflix um, series is bringing out a uh, prequel, like mini series about Vesemir as well. It's like an animated, yeah. Um... Yeah, film I mean, about Edmir. Let's hope it isn't anything like the Altered Carbon thing, because I wasn't really a fan of the um, the animation of that. Oh, I've watched that, actually. No, I, mean, I need to get around to watching it. Oh, you're going to hate me, but like, I, I'm not really fussed on the second season of Altered Carbon. I, yeah, uh, I'm halfway through it, and yeah. I'm a bit... I, I, I'll, I'll come back to it. Yeah. I think we should review it, like, Altered Carbon, oh, both yeah. seasons. yeah. Because the first one's like it, it's the first one I find is really good to be honest. Yeah. Oh, the second good, one's yeah. based on like the third novel, like Richard Morgan, like yeah. Um, release, release. So yeah, I'm not. It, it gets to a point where like all these people kept, kept coming back in like, different ways. I'm just like, yeah. well, it's just like it's a bit stupid that like, everyone like literally surviving death. Like <laughs> that's the thing. See, it's like in the first series, they only make out that um, rich people can quote, you know, like can cheat death permanently. Yeah. But at others say if like, you know, they wanted to uh, do stupid stuff like, you know, clone themselves or, you know, things like that. 
they said like it'll make, it'll make the uh, what they say like the corrupt their stack or something. When I got to the episode where the Keshi Kovach is um, like original sleeve. Yeah. Uh, the one played by the Wu Young Lee. Yeah. Like he comes back and he's like working with um, you know the um oh, the, the guy yeah. the guy that um you know the guy from the original yeah. the one that um uh tries to kill you yeah. like you know and I'm like I'm confused I'm like what like yeah well, like what that, that's things I'm what like... why is he here yeah. why is he working with them like, like what. I, I, I like in the first series. I liked how they established that you know, like um, th- there's more of an emphasis on the mind than the body, and they just treat the body as you know that as a sleeve, it's something which you mm. can slip on, and mm. you and you wear mm. it. You are not your body, and I mean, yeah, it was good in in that it opened questions to you know identity and who who are you really, you know, and um. But I think, I don't know, it's, it's a bit weird how, I don't know how close they follow the books, but how, like, um, the ensigns, or onsigns, whatever they're called, their powers just sort of, one moment they're overpowered, and then the next they're, like, depowered. Yeah. You know? And, I like, you see in the first episode, it makes out as if he's, like, some Wolverine character who can, like, sense, like, people and, and all this. And then it's just, like, he just gets, like, made into a pussy by the end of the series because of plot, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um uh anything you want to touch on? Like um, um before we go into a before we go into our topic. Um anything you've been like watching or anything, like any news? Um well I mean in, pre- in for preparation of this episode I have been rewatching uh I rewatched uh Thor and Iron Man One. You put me to shame, by the way. Like I have watched. <laughs> I, if, if I'm honest, I have not rewatched these films. Like a lot of it is from like I've done like readings into it. Like, yeah, re- yeah. Look, quick research, but you've gone oh, full I, on I mean, higher I, level than me. I, I, I like to have something on and uh, like to have something on in the background. <laughs> so you know, I, I just have it on, and you know, are, are your parents are like, what, uh, what, what are you watching? Like, oh, yeah, they're like, why are you watching? Oh, it's like. <laughs> And then why are you watching oh homework? Yeah. <laughs> I, I have said that to them actually. Reese is gonna give me an F if I uh, <laughs> if I don't watch Iron Man. <laughs> I, I mean I mean like I mean I, I remember a lot like a lot of information from the the film, so yeah. it's always fresh in my mind. Yeah. Like um, obviously some other stuff we might yeah. co- cover in the podcast and I have to go back and rewatch. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. To be fair, though, I don't think just me and you can be uh, expected to remember everything about the MCU. No, you know? no. I mean, I mean, with the stuff, with the stuff we remember, we do yeah. like, you know, yeah. Yeah, it does last. I mean, we spend like two and a half hours yeah. talking about it. I, I wouldn't necessarily say we're like we're really like diehard MCU fans. I mean, no, no. I mean, I I follow I followed the comic. Well, I I read the comics when I was young, but I, I don't yeah. really follow the comics now because I mean. You know, like sometimes I hear, like you know, oh, this new film's based on this comic. I'm like, oh, that's good. I read about the comic. I wouldn't read the comic myself, which I mean, like, you know, I I want to go in fresh, really. You know, I would say that like, I'm, I'm a comic book, I'm a big comic book fan, but like, I wouldn't say I'm very much very Marvel, like, yeah, huge Marvel fan. Yeah, my favorite comic character is, is DC's Batman. So yeah. a lot of the graphic novels I have are Batman. Yeah. Um, I mean, 
This is probably going to seem quite like, and, I, um... and, and Captain America is my favorite Marvel yeah. um, superhero, but I don't have yeah. any comics on him. Yeah. Like, what, what were you going to say? Oh, I was just, I, just you know, my, I was just stating my opinion, really. <laughs> just, um, I was going to say, like, this is quite shocking, but I think, like, they are more um, good, like, high quality standalone comics in DC rather than Marvel. Yeah, because uh, you know you've got. I mean, you've like, got Deadpool. Deadpool kills the Marvel universe. Yeah. That's a really good comic, yeah. I mean, and got, like, in, uh, obviously, oh, oh, yeah, Infinity Gauntlet. You've got old old man Logan, uh, Days of you know Days of Future Past. Yeah. Um, there's a um, oh, Secret Wars. Wars is one. Yeah. Civil Civil War Civil as War. well. Don't yeah. forget the Civil War. Yeah. Um, There's a, there, obviously, we can think we think a lot, but I've, I've yeah. never really got into like hugely Marvel yeah. comics. I mean, you know, you, you have like DC stuff, which I mean, it's more. Hmm, I, I'd say it's sort of, it questions DC itself. Um, yeah, you've got like yeah. the Killing Joke, which sort of was monumental in redefining the character of the Joker. And yeah, I mean, you have, you have Batman in there, but I mean, it's mostly about the Joker, you know. And yeah, it is. I mean, is. New Fifty Two Batman was quite good. Uh, Hush. Um, Superman Red Sun. Um, I like the character of Constantine, and not just because he's played by uh, uh, what's his name? Um, that Welsh Matt Ryan. Yeah, Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan. I mean, I don't know. I think he's he's quite a, a compelling character, and and I hate what um, that that film did to him. Like Keanu Reeves yeah, uh, I mean, Constantine. He did, he did his best, <laughs> but you know. <laughs> oh, think of what would you say is your favorite Marvel character? Oh, my, uh, I never. Favorites. All right, I know. Are people, I know. Well, I would say this quickly. Like, I never really got into much uh, Peter Parker, Spider Man. Yeah. To be honest, yeah. I wouldn't say he's my favorite character. To be honest, yeah. um, I don't know. Like, I'm really like, I'm, I'm like a fanboy for for Thor. Yeah, yeah. Mainly like in the comics, they don't like depower him like in the films. But... No, no, and and also there's a lot, a lot of lore around this character yeah. as well because he's based on like. The Norse yeah. mythology, like um, I, I don't know. It's kind of weird, but I like Venom in that. Recently, in the past couple of years, they've expanded on his character more and yeah. shown that it's not more. It's not a. It's not a villain. It's more of like um, a blank slate sort of character. Okay. Um, Deadpool. You know who who doesn't like Deadpool? Yeah, I'll say Deadpool's yeah. my second favorite. Um, Oh, I don't know. See, you put me on the spot. <laughs> um, put you on the spot later when we're talking about our favourite MCU I mean, one films. I like... Right, I say, like... um. So, when you say favourite Marvel character, I'm being really, like, stupid. You're like, do you mean like, out of everything, out of Marvel? Yeah. Oh, see, um... Hmm. I, I don't know. It's probably like a tie between something. Do like... we narrow it down? Do we narrow it down a bit to help? Go on, you? Then. <laughs> <laughs> say like your favorite superhero, like in Marvel. Obviously, Marvel cow- um... Marvel characters. We can include like Aunt yeah. May. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Thor. Go on then. I'd be boring. Yeah, that's 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 that boring. <laughs> if, like, if you like Thor, you like Thor. Yeah. Like, I'll pause the question to you. I just told you, Captain America. Oh, all right. Uh, so, what makes Captain America like your favorite? Um, I don't know. I, I pretty much it's all from 
the cop the the film. Yeah. Um, the first film. I kind of like. I don't know. I feel like I can relate to Captain America. Yeah. Like his character. Yeah. And um, you know, the whole idea of like you know like pa- patriots, you know, fighting against the bad guys. Yeah. It's just it's a, it's a, it's a character that I'm I stuck with and I love. Yeah. Deadpool, I like because of like his his personality and and the humor that goes. Oh god! Like, yeah, yeah. humor goes to that character. Like, um, I probably told. That's you... why De- I feel like Deadpool one's probably my favorite. Yeah. film yeah. in the X Men uh, film franchise. Yeah. I mean, considering it was quite cheap to make, it is fantastic. The first one. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I probably told you this already before, but um, I used to play a game called Marvel Ultimate Alliance. Um, oh right, I've never gone into it. It's really good. It's oh, it must be going on like ten, like twelve years old now. It's it's before the MCU, but um, yeah, the, the Ultimate Alliance was basically you could play like all essentially like nearly all of like the Marvel characters, and it was it was amazing in that, like I I grew up in seeing these films and they're all sort of like standalone. You know, there's no sort of team up uh, team up films, so seeing them all together and being able to make your own team. Was like amazing, and and then when that, when that game come out, oh, um, I'll Google it real quick. But um, I don't know. I had it on PSP, so that says it all, really. Um, they did make a couple more. The Marvel Ultimate Alliance One came out in hmm. ah, they are initial release in two thousand and six. Oh bloody hell! Of what? Really? Fourteen years what, ago. Nine. We were like nine yeah. or something. But um, I don't know. It was really fun in that like. All of the villains were like from all of Marvel because I mean, obviously they weren't constrained to you know who owns what, they were just Marvel. So, no, no, you know, the villains were um amazing. You had like you started and off I, with crappy ones and then built up to like Doctor Doom. And I think because it's gate is Guild Games, the the, the the you know the studios that own the rights yeah. to his characters, yeah. they're not kind of fussy when it, yeah. when it comes to games, but obviously the films are different, yeah. Um, but yeah, um. Seeing the MCU build and seeing all these heroes join was really fun and really like enjoyable to not just you know see them but to see them you know live and uh, you know and especially like these characters who have conflict and their character progresses and they don't just remain the sort of you know um, you know oh this caped crusader who has to save people from bank robbers you know they. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they, they tackle real issues, you know. Exactly, and I want to get into that when um when um talk about the context of like the beginning of the MCU. Oh yeah. And how the MCU has really it's a revolutionary development in not just superhero action genre, yeah, but also cinema cinema in general. Yeah. Because what the MCU basically is, if you look at it from a certain point, is like a television storyline. That storyline. Yeah, yeah, but in film, in yeah. film, it's a character development that you see a lot in seasons of of a TV show, but brought onto onto screen. Like the character of Tony Stark, when you watch the first Iron Man, compared to what he is in Endgame, it's it is so good, and it's probably yeah. one of the best developments of a character yeah. in modern cinema. Yeah, um... and he has what like seventeen, nineteen. I mean, there's only films like twelve films where like rap development is shown, and yeah. when Iron Man first came out, like 
you got to remember that Marvel films were known for their corniness, their cheesiness. Oh, yeah, campiness, and, yeah. Yeah, yeah. For example, we had, like, before that, you had um, the Fantastic Four. Um, oh, the much maligned Fantastic, Fantastic Four films. 2005 Fantastic Four, also with Chris Evans as a human torch. Um, then you had the Fantastic Four 2 as a Silver Server, which came out the year before Iron Man. Um, you had, obviously, like, it was all pretty much across the yeah. um, the the the, um, the comic book film adaptation. It was obviously yeah. Batman and Robin, yeah. as you talked about last mm. podcast. Um, you had, um, yeah, like Ang Lee's Hulk. Yeah. So it was a very the cheesiness and of you know the um, the you know the corny cheesiness of of what the superhero film adaptation was back then. Yeah, Spider Man the. Uh, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man was different. I feel like Sam Raimi's Spider-Man kind of was like a, bit, a little bit of a setup in terms of like the character cow, the cow, cow writing was a lot more better. Yeah. But it still had that kind of cheesiness, corniness yeah. that, um, um, I, that was, you found back I, then. I, I'd like to sort of just give like a, a you know, brief sort of overview, overview of how the MCU started. Yeah, yeah. If, if you would... Uh... You know, if you if you would allow me. Uh, no, go ahead, go ahead. Um, so the MCU almost didn't happen because, <laughs> oh right, in, in the nineties because of like the um, troubles with the comic book industry, Marvel was essentially forced to sell the rights to the most yeah yeah I I remember that yeah. that's that's why a lot like obviously. Back a couple of years ago, where studio studios were able, yeah. like, still own the rights yeah. to the characters. That's why Sony yeah. owned Spider Man, Universal yeah. owned, I think, Ghost Rider and Hulk and a couple yeah. others. Spider Man as well, you know, uh, yeah. X Men, Fantastic Four. So, all of these, like, really yeah. popular uh, characters, yeah. they were all sold off. So, then, you know, Marvel was sort of seeing, like, all of these films come out and realizing that, you know, maybe they could get off, uh, get on their own feet really and start you know running with their own film studios and they created marvel studios and they they gambled so much in producing and then creating iron man one um you know they, they gave the uh direction to john favreau who you know more well known now for um directing the lion king uh, creator of the mandalorian you know, he wasn't that big back then. Um, yeah, John Favreau directed Elf. That's, yeah. um, and Zafura. Zafura, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. See, like, so you wouldn't think, like, you know, they were sort of, like, family-oriented films. You know, they weren't where you necessarily... Also, John Favreau, John Favreau was... Um, um, what's his name? Um, Foggy Nelson in... That's uh, it. yeah, Foggy. And Affleck's yeah. Daredevil. Because... He'd always been sort of rubbing shoulders with um, Marvel. Like, he'd always wanted, like, a place on the table sort of thing. Because, I mean, he is, he's a nerd at the end of the day. Like, you know, he's doing stuff with Star Wars. But, um, you know, they gave him the job. And, um, I mean, at the end of the day, like, I think they said to, to produce the capital for Iron Man, they essentially put all of their other character... Um, like the properties they owned, all the characters as collateral. So they were gambling with literally everything, and it paid off. 
Yeah, it did, definitely did. I mean, you know, look, look it all started with Iron Man. Um, I mean, all, and 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 a, and a lot of that you can really put onto is um, Robert Downey Jr. God, yeah. as yeah. Tony Stark. Because imagine, I, I remember before, like they had Tom Cruise in the in the mind to play Tony Stark. Yeah, um, he just I, I don't think he just he, he, I don't think Tom Cruise can do the superhero yeah. films to be honest. He, he, I mean, like I think they missed the bullet with that really. Is that yeah, like, yeah. Robert Downey Jr. has that natural charisma that I think fits the character very well, and I mean, it's done his career no end really. Like he is no, no, yeah. no. And also back then, um, you know he. He had he was I think he got nominated for an Oscar for playing Charlie Chaplin in ah, Chaplin Chaplin yeah. in '92 I think, but you know after that he went into drug abuse he yeah. got arrested I think he spent time in prison yeah. as well so he was in the great state before that and to be honest 2008 was like yeah it was Robert Downey Jr.'s year because he got nominated for playing um, Kirk Lazarus. The Cook Lazarus, yeah, in Tropic in, Thunder, um, yeah. in Tropic Thunder, got nominated for an Oscar for the best supporting actor. Bloody yeah, hell. yeah, same same year. Obviously, he that lot, you know, he lost that to, of course, Heath Ledger's Joker. Oh wow, yeah, yeah, um, and obviously this, and then obviously he was given like he came out with universal acclaim as Tony Stark, yeah, the Iron Man. Like, um, I, I think it's more like incredible, really, that Iron Man succeeded in that. The script was basically like hashed out. Like, the, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it did a lot to to give these characters, like these actors, a lot of leeway in that. Like, yeah, you know, they could improvise a bit. You know. Yeah. I don't know. I, you know. Obviously, I can't really say what happened, but um, you know, maybe like John John, Fa- John Favreau did like, allow them some space to joke around and stuff. But I don't know. Like rewatching Iron Man. I don't know, like the, the chemistry between actors is amazing. Like, you know, looking at Tony Stark, like he's not he's not likable that much in the first one on purpose. You know, his his character arc is about like essentially, it's I don't know about a redemption arc, but it, it is really about this man who is essentially arrogant in his own um, in his own abilities. He, you know, he discovers that he can use well, the ability. He, to he was, he was selling, he was selling like these high tech weapons to, you know, these um, He's an arms armed dealer. forces. Yeah. yeah, arms dealer. And then he realizes how dangerous, yeah, like his weapons can be, and it's all about him just going, going, going away, yeah. going for another path. But um, I want to quickly, um, I want to make this point, and um, I don't know if you agree with me on this, but. Iron Man show the film had a lot of realism to it. Yeah. I know, I know. Obviously, like a guy made of armor flying, <laughs> you know, in, in some, and it got to the point where, like, obviously later on, then you had like gods coming from yeah, the sky, that, that's what I was and saying, you know yeah. all that. But Iron Man is quite realistic. In realistic, it's like the the villains realistic. It was in a realistic world compared to, oh, obviously, as I said again, Fantastic Four, yeah. while still server came out the year before. Was about like a massive giant planet eating, oh, yeah, Galactus, and, you know, yeah. Galactus, and uh, you know, like an alien that was on the you know, a surfboard basically, <laughs> like yeah. a surfer. Um, 
Iron Man, yeah, it was. It, I found it was quite yeah. grounded and realistic. Like the Ten Rings, yeah. for example, like it's they're basically like a, a terrorist yeah. organization, an Al Qaeda, Taliban, like yeah, international terrorist organization. Like, yeah, yeah, him being in the cave, like having to survive and create to armor. That is very realistic. Yeah. Like because um. I think I think it was, and it, it was really and, well and it was a lot of, Yeah, and it was a lot of themes talking about arm arm you know, arms trafficking, yeah. Um the Af- Afghan war intervention. like yeah. intervention, um, you know, you know, yeah. weapons used in like mo- modern yeah. warfare. Yeah, I, and I think it's good because it, it, it showed that it had like a finger on the pulse of yeah. you know, society. And, and I feel a lot of that is but obviously I'll say that Batman begins kind of set it up that Oh yeah, kind of realistic superhero thing, and you could tell you could tell what Iron Man took a lot took inspiration from Batman Begins, yeah. because in Batman Begins, the terrorists are very you know realistic. Yeah. They're you know like again like a shadowy organization, like um, yeah. you know like, and then obviously, um, came out the same year. Dark Knight, the Joker was a domestic terrorist. Yeah, who wanted to create create anarchy? That is very, you know, very grounded for. Yeah. Um, and and what I like about the MCU is a lot of their themes, the way they not the themes, but some of the, their narratives are very related to present day. Yeah. Obviously, I'll, I'll say this. Um, obviously, Captain America: The Winter Soldier. It's all about. Um, it's all about governments, you know, like censorship. Yeah. Government hacking, government hacking, interference. That's it. That's it. Yeah, government interference in the post nine eleven world. And bear in mind how much superhero films were impacted by nine nine eleven. Well, you make a great point in that. Um, I think Iron Man is a perfect uh, post nine eleven film. Yeah, definitely. I don't think it's overly politicized, which is which is good for the film. But I think. It's very, it it um, portrays very well the uh, the atmosphere of a post nine eleven world in that you know, yeah it definitely raises the questions of you know why are we you know why are we still in the Middle East you know intervention um, um, you know especially stuff with um, uh, asymmetric warfare you know and mm. Tony Stark you know believing himself now to be like. A world police sort of thing, you know, and he, he doesn't agree with the sort of like you know people. Uh, I don't think they they ever say like you know all oh, like you know we need to save the world. It's always about my country, our country. Yeah, and it's, it's like going against the the narrative of need to defend my country when it should be like defend people. I think yeah. I think it's really good. I think they took a lot it's of a, risks and and it paid there's off. A, there, and there's a lot of. Film academia, like articles, books written on post 9 11 superhero, yeah. Um, genre like Look at Man Steel, that's no example, yeah. a superhero film in a post 9 11 context, yeah. Um, but it... I, I even think like it plays into the whole like so in Apocalypse Now, it's good in that, um, what's his name? I think his name's like Pri- uh, Corporal Joker, is it Private Joker? The um, yeah, the CEO says to him, like, why you've got um. I think it's like why have you got born to kill and the peace sign on your helmet and says well it's about the duality of man and yeah I think it it's is. really good in that in iron man um 
it op- the film opens with a nice, uh, a beautiful backdrop of uh, the mountains of Afghanistan, uh, a US military patrol, and it plays ACDC, uh, Back in Black. And I think it's, it plays into the whole, um, you know, the idea of playing classical rock in Vietnam, mm. but instead of, you know, going through, um, in a helicopter, they're in like, um, they're in military Humvees. I think yeah. it's beautiful, in it? yeah. you know, it, um, in the words of George Lucas, it's like it's like poetry rhymes, you know. Yeah, it's also it's also the ACDC can be an allegory for cheesiness, like yeah, like a cheese like a cheesy obviously song, yeah. But you know, like it's a great song, but it's like it's like a yeah, like a, a, che- a cheesy song, but then it gets hit by the realism of exactly. of the the explosions. Yeah. So the cheesiness can be like post pre. Obviously, yeah. Iron Man, Marvel, you know, Marvel films hit by this more realistic, yeah, um, you know, new, new like take of Marvel films. That, that, that's, that's, probably, yeah. that's probably looking very over the top. Oh but, no, but I mean, that, yeah. that, that fits very well, and I think I think that is yeah. what what you're saying. I think that is what they're going for in that. Yeah, in, definitely. You know, like the the, the you know like the Saving Private Ryan like explosion, and then you you like the ring in, you know, so it's. It, yeah, it knocks you, you know, into reality essentially. Like you know, you were looking around, yeah. like Tony Stark. Like, well, what's going on? That they're using his weapons, and then he's hit by his own weapons, and it's like, you know, is that a, st- a political statement? That doesn't matter. It works as a, as a film in itself. You know, it, it's brilliant. And 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 you can look back, look look at and look at like the inv- Russian invasion of Afghanistan, yeah. where. The, the Americans gave the Mujahideen American weapons to, to a, you know, to you know, to get take out the Russians to you know to, you know, get rid of the Russians from Afghanistan, and then the Mujahideen then fall into the Taliban, who then use American weapons against America. Yeah, that's that could you know Tony Stark gives weapons, you know these American-made high-tech weapons to you know. Um, to obviously these countries, and then they use them against him and America. Um. So, as I was saying, you know, like um, it translates from Vietnam. I think the original story was that um, <clears throat> Tony Stark was shot down like from a helicopter in Vietnam. So, um, a doctor or something helps um with his heart because there was shrapnel going to his heart. So he makes that um. Yeah electromagnet so um i'm not sure how close that was to the original story but i think that's you know it was all it was based in vietnam so obviously you know at the time it would have been political you know so why not base it in afghanistan i think it was it was perfect in that um, i think if, i think yeah. It, yeah it would be more modern day yeah what, the modern day what's your opinion yeah of the whole, um, more... what's your opinion of the whole in media res Immediate, you know, like, um, what, what's so that? It, it Sorry, starts um... basically like in the, in the middle of things, and then it shows like, um, then it goes back in time then to Tony about to, to go to Vietnam. Uh, sorry, about to go to Africa. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I actually liked, I actually liked it. Yeah. It didn't start off, it shows you like how they get to this point, yeah. and it gives you, and if you, you know, after after the beginning, then you have some more background on the characters. Yeah. And then he gets gets to the point that you know that the point. Because I mean, 
to that moment and then it carries on. I mean, like I, I, I like it. The same thing for Thor, and I, and it doesn't pay off as well for Thor. But I mean, I'll, I'll say that when I come to it. Um, I think in Iron Man, it's sort of because um, I mean that's what they wanted, didn't they? They wanted you to think it knocks you out of the whole, you know, campy, um, you know, like everything's really light-hearted film, and then it hits you with the realization that this is about like you know yeah. war and people who give arms. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, I don't know. So, what's your opinion of the villain, Obadiah Stane? I think he's a good, like, I think he's a good worthy of an Iron Man villain. Yeah. Like, obviously, the biggest Iron Man villain is the Mandarin. Yeah. And you obviously, one of the things that Marvel films have done bad in the past is they always have the biggest villain as the first in the first film. Spider Man, the Green Goblin, yeah. um, Doctor Doom, and Fantastic Four, yeah. Doctor Doom. Um, what other examples? Like, yeah, it's a, uh, example examples like that. Oh, they and put the Kingpin in Daredevil as well, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Obadiah, um, yeah, Obadiah is. A, I think it's a villain suitable for Tony Tony Stark in. You know, his the development of his character at points, yeah, like he's very much on the same level yeah. as him, and obviously putting him as putting him with his whole like um business conflict. Obadiah wants obviously wants to sell, yeah, make profit from selling weapons overseas, while Tony Stark but does, doesn't agree with idea anymore, wants to go a different path. And Jeff Bridges betrays Obadiah well. Uh, I think. I, I think, uh, I think obviously, he's brilliant, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I said. Yeah, yeah. He's really good at. It. Obviously, he's a typ- I think he's a very typical. Obviously, yeah. I, I, I'll go. I'll say this. This is probably something the MCU really quite lacked, and especially in his first phase, is that if you compare that to the, the later phase, especially with Thanos, yeah, like the really one-sided villain, yeah. and Obadiah. Obadiah is a villain that is one-sided and it's like, oh, I, you know, I want to do evil stuff. Yeah, and... he's, he's evil because he's evil. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I agree. I just, th- I think Jeff Bridges' portrayal was fantastic. I think his, his yeah. motivation was lacking. Um, yeah, yeah, and yeah. and and obviously, he's, he, yeah, it's not one side to him. Like, for example, if it was like a you getting into more development of. Obadiah's character, yeah. then that's that. Obviously, then we maybe be able to see like a different side. Maybe like you know expand the film was more focused on Tony Stark, and obviously you need to kind of have a villain to fill in the blank of a villain yeah. in, in in a superior film. So I think Obadiah's um, purpose. Yeah. 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 Um, I I like how they were. Um, you know building up to stuff like obviously they, they didn't have the the baggage of films before them but i like how they were sort of building up and and starting to you know um starting to uh, world build the whole mcu you know you yeah i mean you have the post credits but but you've got um <clears throat> but you've got you know talking about howard stark who comes into um the captain america film you got um, uh, Agent Coulson. Captain America, Captain America's Shield as well. Uh, does that appear in the first Iron Man? 
It does. Always the second one. I think it's the first one. It, it right. appears, um, and obviously then you get Nick Nick Fury at the end. Um, you know, you got Phil Coulson as well saying like, "Oh, this is my first role." Yeah. Got, which. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, obviously it was a retroactive thing, but he's talking about his um, his time with Captain Marvel. But um, did they did they want to set up a, a multi? Um, a cinematic universe from this film, or did it? Or was it something that they wanted to play with? And if I'm out successful, then they would, yeah, um, yeah, they would you know, build it from there. They were, um, they, they were sort of because when Nick, when Nick Fury appears in like the mid in the credit post credit scene or the mid credit yeah. scene, and he's talking about the Avengers initiative, yeah. like, is that did it were. Paramount Marvel Studios one uh, wanted like knew that this was going to be a success, or was it kind of like they were like risking it um, with having? I, I think the whole film was a risk, but I think, I think yeah, they, yeah, they were doing that one for fan service. You know, and this was before fan service was uh, maligned. I think that it was to say that you know Iron Man isn't alone in this universe. They were obviously eyeing doing other projects, but I think at, at this stage, all eyes were set on Iron Man doing well. And, yeah, you know, people can put post credits on their films and, you know, however much they like. Like, um, there was an old film called uh, Aragon. Uh, have you seen it? Yeah, and Aragon, yeah. It didn't do that well. I don't think it flopped, but it didn't do that well. But I think it had a, a post credit scene where the evil king, played by John Malkovich, basically cut down this like tapestry and then it was like there's meant to be only one dragon alive but it's revealed he's got a dragon as well and then it, it's like yeah it's one, the, black. it's one of the original dragons isn't it? yeah, yeah. it's one of the original ones and it cut the black and then that was like who like oh you know there's more than one you know like this is like setting up like a um the next film well i mean uh at the time i think iron man when it came out doing a post-credit scene was nearly as um as setting up and the, the next film in showing that yeah. this um, this idea that the um, I mean I don't think it had the name MCU at the time, but this Marvel Studios film will be connected to other films because and yeah. because we have the post credit scene for the Incredible Hulk with Tony Stark in it. So I think you know the the idea that we hold now that um, in a Marvel film you know the post credits is is intricate, intricately linked with all the other films and it will have a, uh, you know, a bearing. It might be a tiny, you know, a little like, um, reference or something, but at the time I think it was important and that it showed to the, to the fans hearing the name Nick Fury and seeing him come to life was a big deal because it means that especially Samuel, especially Samuel Jackson, yeah, especially Samuel Jackson in that yeah. role as well. It's perfect, per- perfect casting. Yeah, I think. Yeah, um, I think his portrayal since then has been based on Samuel L. Jackson, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was white, wasn't he? Uh, yeah. Nick Fury. Well, Nick, in the Nick before Fury. That. I'm not sure if he fought in Vietnam or if he fought in World War Two. In the comics, yeah, he, he fought. I'm not sure if he he was he was with Wolverine and Captain America in World War Two. You mean you're on about the yeah, comics, yeah. not the uh, yeah, so, yeah. Know, obviously, that doesn't make any sense now, but um, no, 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 
And, and there's a film about Nick Fury came out. I think it was like a straight to DVD. Yeah. Uh, Marvel one, you probably can guess like how good that was. It can't be as bad as the Captain but, America film that came out in the nineties. Oh no, there's there's two in it. Like there's there's two um, oh, Captain America films the, um, that came out. Wow. The one I'm talking about is the one where it's, uh, Captain America is portrayed by um, J D Salinger's son, and the the red oh, yeah, stuff's yeah, got yeah, Italian yeah. accent. It's yeah, that's Gap the one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh, um, I was I was talking about when you talk post credit scenes. Yeah. Now, the, the MCU fan base, some of them, they get really triggered when other films like do the post credit scenes, like on the copying for Marvel. Bear in mind, the post credit scene existed in films before. Well, uh, I Man did it. I say Marvel took the idea of um, not just a post credit scene, but a humorous one or a light-hearted one from Ferris Bueller's Day. Yeah. Because. At the end, like if you're still in the cinema watching the credits, Ferris comes on the screen and he says, like, Why are you here? You know, go home. I think it's it's a nice way to play with the audience, you know, and, and yeah, to, and to yeah, definitely to, to be oh it's it's a bit niche uh, sorry, it's a it's a bit um it's a bit stupid to say now, but it was to be like really like fun and to you know to break new ground back in the day. But I think now it's a bit overused. What the um the post credit yeah. scenes? Because anyone can do I it. I mean, like this DC now doing it, but it's also the post credit scenes are a good way of like you know adding another love another, another plot, like set up a new yeah. plot. You know, like tying in the films, yeah. which I think I, I prefer to be honest. I mean, like I'm I'm ha- I'm happy with this post credit scenes in like the um, DC yeah. films now and, and Marvel as well. And um, what other, um, obviously like, um, Kong, you know, the King Kong. Oh yeah. Godzilla <laughs> universe are doing it now as well. Like trying to anyway. Um, trying to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what, what they're very good at is bringing hype to the next movie. Yeah, it does. Yeah. That's it definitely. Works. Okay, Cause they almost always end in a cliffhanger. Yeah. You know, so then people, their imaginations go wild. Especially in the early days, you've got to think, when no one had seen these characters on screen before. Whereas now, where I think, you know, you know, people aren't as... And also, um, and, also, and also, every film, Marvel MCU film, apart from Infinity War, had, has like a happy ending. Um, yeah, and I, I think that's, that's a weakness yeah. in that... Um, uh, they, they're you very what, in, um... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if if it ain't broke, don't fix it. They seem to, you know, the studios know that this formula works and it gets them a lot of money. So I mean, you know, yeah. if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But I think, and um, sorry, I think Infinity War needed it. Yeah, you got to think. Also, Infinity War yeah. is originally going to be Infinity War Part One and Two. Yeah. So in a way, Endgame is just Part Two. And it also shows realistic like, heroes can be beaten. Yeah. Like, but, I mean, you know, the bad guy can actually we'll, win. We'll like. come to phase three when we come to it. But um, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think um, in the early days of Marvel, you have um, 2008 on to 2012, you have 
they, you know, they, they're trying to set up these heroes in that they need to have a happy ending. They need to come across as heroic and triumphant at the end because they were setting up that these were the heroes that we are, are going to get to know. Yeah. Um, I mean, especially with Iron Man, he had two, uh, didn't he? he had two films. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the second one's really much a setup film, to be honest. Yeah. That's, what, that's the way I see um, it. Well, we will get on to... Um, Right, I, I was I, quickly. I just want to talk about um, do you, if we want to talk about we're going to talk about all the um MCU Phase yeah. One films. Do you what do you want to do? Do you want to do it in terms of your fate, your fate, your you know your least favorite to your favorite, or do you just want to go through them chronologically? Um, should we? Should I, we I, I love the cor- Yeah, I, I think I the chronologically. Say, I think we is, say is our favorite ones now and then sort of go through it um, chronologically. Oh, we save it to the end okay. actually, and then we can say our yeah. favorite ones. So that's 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 probably, that's probably um, better. Um. So. I, I, so anything? What anything? What else do you want to talk about? Iron Man. Um, I think. I mean, Gwyneth Paltrow is a very weird person, but I think she is a good choice in playing uh, Pepper Potts. That was before the scent, the vagina candle, wasn't it? <laughs> and goop. Was yeah. a goop. Oh my I god! There's a there's like a documentary yeah. on Netflix about that about is, that and it's like really bad it's really not, when, not good when all like of this trouble with uh, coronavirus uh, blows like, over hopefully I would love to just get with the boys just watch that goop documentary because it is like batshit crazy is it really like is it fat shaming um no it's just it's pseudoscience apparently like people get got really offended by it yeah it's it's just really weird in that um. Oh, what was it? I think it just sh- it says like you know, it it sort of says like you need to buy all this stuff, and if you don't, you know why not? All this expensive stuff, like oh, oh wow, that's a great tactic. That's a great, that's a great marketing like, tactic. Essentially, poor shaming. You know, if you can't afford all this stuff, yeah. you know, why aren't you doing it? You know, you should be doing it. You all look like me. Exactly. Spend the ground <laughs> on this stuff. You, you will look a bit like me. <laughs> If you can't afford, if you can't afford it, well, that's a shame. <laughs> Lol. <laughs> is that is that the the company like um, is that the brand in line? Is that written on all? That's the what boxes? they secretly that's that's what they secretly say, secretly say uh, off the camera. So, um, um, yeah. Terence Howard, I would say he's a good. I would say he's he, he's a good. Um, uh, what's it, uh, yeah, Rhodes. Um, James Rhodes, Brody. Um, James Rhodes. Um, obviously, I prefer John yeah. Cheadle. And Terrence Howard, obviously, he was in the second one because he wanted a bigger budget. Like, pay. He, he like, wanted to be no. paid more than Downey Jr. Yeah, it's like, no. Yeah. Like, you're supporting, you're supporting an actor. You get paid yeah. less. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I, I, I liked him as uh, Brody. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, rewatching it, I think it's like he brings... I mean, maybe it's the right thing, but he, he brings, like, a different flavour. Like especially at the beginning, where like they're on the plane and they, you know, they say like, yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna drink, I'm not gonna drink," and then cuts to him, like he's drunk and he's just like pouring his heart out, you know, saying so, you know, like, "I work hard on it." It's horny. It's brilliant. And oh, and obviously, uh, uh, so I was just about to make a quick point. Like, you can see, like John Favreau wanted to make out that um, Tony Stark is is essentially James Bond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the, all the, different things. Like it's James Bond. The lifestyle, yeah. women, alcohol, gadgets, um, gadgets, all yeah. that. <laughs> it's brilliant. Um, 
yeah, I mean, but he's also the, it. he's also like the the, the playboy billionaire lifestyle. Yeah, I mean, the other thing is he's a, he's a lot say, like Batman. Say, yeah, same with with um, yeah, definitely with Bruce Wayne, and obviously that's 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 shown in Batman Begins as well. Is that, like, is that, that controversial to compare those two? Well, they're both. I don't think it is because they're both kind of got they got similarities, yeah. and also they're starting up. Yeah, they're. To be honest, they're, they're yeah, they're both they're, you know, they're the first films in like a trilogy. Oh no, and it's both I, showing I mean, like the, the origins I, of I a mean character. the characters, not, not the movies. I mean, obviously, like, you know, I don't think it's controversial. You know, I, I don't think it's controversial. No, people, I don't think, people, I don't think it's like controversial. The joke that, like, you know, Batman's superpower is uh, is that he's rich, you know, that you know, they did that little that's Tony, that's that's really Tony's yeah. superpower, he's rich. I mean, he is, he is meant to be like an engineering genius as well. Yeah, so way, yeah. Much well, better than yeah, Batman. But, 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 yeah, but Bruce Wayne is also like... He, he is, engineer. isn't he? He's meant to be like, a genius as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, I was also saying uh, Happy Hogan, John Fowler's ah, Happy Hogan. Yeah. Great that he put himself in the film as a character. <laughs> Normally I don't like that, like these directors like inserting themselves into their movies like uh, Shyamalan. But um, yeah, he worked. I mean, happy. Yeah, but Shaman, Shaman, yeah, but Shaman can't act. Yeah, it's true. So, yeah, <laughs> John Favreau can act because he's yeah. been in films before, and, um, acting films before. Do you, do you know that like reporter, like um, what's her name? I think it's like, her name's like Everhart or something. In the first one, yeah, she in the comics she works for the Daily Bugle. Oh, but, I mean, I think that's, that's part good, of that's um, good. Spider-Man. So at the time, they couldn't reference that. They couldn't. Have, they couldn't. Reference so they say that, that she's from. Um, so Sony writes. What did they say she's from? I think she. I think they say she's from like Reader's Digest or something, <laughs> something like that, or like uh, yeah, like a different like mag or newspaper or whatever. But um, yeah, yeah. Oh, another. I, I like that. For and, that. Very good. Um. Another point I was going to make quickly, yeah. and I remember listening listening to this on like watching this on the video, how they changed the set, they moved the setting of the protagonist, the superhero. So, away. So, uh, what was it like? Tony Stark's um, like residence is in California. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's moved away. It's moved away from the New York setting. Oh yeah. Think about it because Spider Man, New York, Fantastic Four. New York, Daredevil, New York, Avengers, like New York. Yeah. Well, I'll say this is before. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Obviously, Avengers go goes back to, but before that, like the the, the hero lived in New York. Yeah. But with Iron Man, they changed the setting from New York to. Oh, and, and Daredevil um, was in Hell's Kitchen. Yeah. 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 Oh, right. yeah. And they changed the they changed the, the you know the setting from New York to. California, yeah. which I find it's very, it's a refreshing difference. Yeah. Like, I, I think it's, it's not. Um, I think they yeah. they were just you know based in New York because I think that was a symptom of the the trope that they were like these superheroes. You know, like, oh my god, someone stole my handbag. You know, and then they'd swoop down. You know, bang, pow, kabam. You know, they they beat down yeah. the robbers. Yeah, and then it's like you know the coppers come. You know, in their New York City like police outfits, and then you thank the hero, and he goes along his merry way. You know, I think it's just. I, I, I do like, 
I do like it when they they set these some superhero films like away from the the typical traditional set yeah. like locations. Like Thor. You know what I mean? Like for example, Thor: Dark Worlds in London. Oh, like, yeah. I, I you know I I think that I think that was really good yeah. to be honest. Like not the film, but like the setting, um, the setting in the, in London. Um, we'll come back to we'll come back. To, obviously, we're talking about Phase Two. We're talking about uh, Thor: The Dark yeah. World. Anything I just want to say about Iron Man? I think, I think that's it, really. Unless you want to say anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We covered. No, I think we covered hmm. it. Like, um, obviously, um, obviously, a good film that came out. Like, Iron Man was a great film that came out. Yeah. You know, I think it was. I think it was released after the Dark Knight film, like in the same year, or um, it was before. I'm, I'm not sure. But obviously, Dark the Dark Knight film was that. That the the superhero film of that year, it was good. Um, yeah, and I'll say this is it is I'll say I prefer it to Iron Man oh, one. Yeah. yeah, hands down. Um, Dark Knight released um, July eighteenth, and Iron Man was. Uh, May second, so we came out before uh, the Dark Knight. Oh wow, that's good. Well, well, that's um, that's that's good to be honest. Like that's uh, that's interesting. This is the US release date, so that'd be similar yeah. in Britain though. So, anyways, um, let's move on to the other film that came out in two thousand eight, um, The Incredible Hulk, directed by Louis Letiria. Yeah, that's right. Announce it. I don't know what other films this guy has directed. Yeah. Um, it's worth noting that The Incredible Hulk came out less than a month after um, Iron Man. Yeah, oh, really? Iron Man May 2nd, 2008, and then The Incredible Hulk was June 13th. Yeah, less than a month. So, Hot on the Heels of Iron Man came out. Um, yeah. Oh, um, this Louis Louis Leteria. Oh, yeah, he's. I've looked at his IMDb yeah. page. He's done quite a lot, actually. He's done. He's directed the Dark Crystal yeah. um, I, series. I actually thought that was quite good. He's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Grimsby. Oh. <laughs> now you see me, the first one, and Clash of the Titans. Yeah. The tran- the one with Sam Worthington, and Transporter Two, and Transporter One. But this is the only Marvel superhero film he's directed. And what do you think of this film, uh, um, Reese? I, th- I think it's it is you know fair to say really that this film is the ugly duckling for the Marvel. It's very universe. forgetful. People yeah. do people do forget about. Well, this film didn't make much. No. It, it was on a 50, 150 million budget. It made something yeah. like two hundred eighty-five yeah. million. So right, I, that's not enough to like. I think the problem is it came up at the same time. Really, relatively, as Iron Man, so they they weren't influenced by each other. Um, no, and, and no. It, it, uh, the Incredible Hulk is so different than future MCU titles because they didn't it didn't follow the tone and the the structure no, no. of the Incredible Hulk. It followed Iron Man, and also, and also you obviously Marvel the whole like what Universal wanted. The Hulk movie to yeah. be versus what the Marvel yeah. Studios wanted the Hulk movie to be, and obviously that I, 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 I didn't work yeah. really. Edward Norton as 
Bruce Banner. He does a good job, but yeah. I, I, um, I, you know, it's not the best. I, I think there was a lot of trouble with, um, like, him yeah, have, he wanted a lot of say because he's a good actor, but I think he he has um, a big like he wants a lot of involvement in his in in the say that his character has. You know, he wanted the character development that he wanted, and then he was sort of butting heads. I think, yeah. I'm not sure if that's true, but I'm, I'm just um, saying like, it just seems like you know, yeah, yeah. Action. That's why it, that's that's why the negotiation didn't go through with him, and he ended up replaced by Mark Ruffalo, yeah. who I think is a better Hulk, better yeah. Bruce Banner. Um, to be honest, I, I I mean I'm there bashing Edward Norton. I love his acting. I mean I remember watching him. I think he was on Joe Rogan, and he was basically saying that he yeah. to portray his character as. This man who is divided between man and beast, you know, something like um, something like uh, Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde, you know, in that yeah. he's trying to control the beast, and his his thing is that he, if he would, he could coexist with the beast, but he's trying, you know, if he, if he can't, he's willing to get rid of it. I think that I think that's you know, it's it's really you know they, they wanted to relay like a lot of deep sort of meaning, you know, a lot of um. Th- um thematic elements which was you know there's a lot of thematic elements in the spider-man films which i liked but and also it's yeah, exactly and it, it touches on the conflict of like oneself yes. as well yeah. like like obviously the conflict between bruce banner and struggle and his struggle to control is yeah. like the other side it's more destructive side yeah is one of the main themes yeah. And one, one of the yeah, one of the main like uh, aspects of the character, which has been heavy touched in comic books, mm. and like obviously the MCU films of Hulk in later one do touch that yeah. and like a lot better. If you know, it carries on that development, but uh, you know, like people forget that Incredible Hulk film is an MCU film. Yeah. At one, point, it's, um, at one point, it's, it's, it's not the same this, as like the other films. I think that's like why. No, you know, I mean, at one point, I remember reading that someone was like, thought it was like the sequel to Ang Lee's Hulk. Yeah, uh, yeah. God, that was, that's I mean, they're slow. I mean, they are making sure that there's the mind everybody that they're because the Incredible Hulk exists in the MCU. Yeah. Bringing back Thunderbolt Ross. Yeah. Um. You know, having all those like um, mentions of the Harlem um, fight in newspaper well, clippings. Um, the the mention of Mark Ruffalo's character, he says, you know, you put a bullet in his mouth and the other guy spat it out. That's a deleted scene yeah. from The Incredible Hulk. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Also, the deleted scene is um, the, the Captain America's oh, yeah. um, nice. yeah. body frozen ice. That's a, that's a deleted scene. Like, um, I think location is different though, because it's not the exact same location where Captain America's body is. I, I think it was just in a Easter egg. The fo- yeah, 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 yeah. Um, oh, I well. I like how um, they, I think this is why I believe. You know, this is what I'm reading into with this movie that they try to show that um, there's two sort of people. There's more like the the redeemable, idealistic, you know, or the more heroic character in Bruce Banner, and there's the more um, susceptible to cor- corruption in the character of uh, uh, Emil Blonsky. Um, yeah. I, this is what I think, anyway, in that. But I, I, I don't think um, 
Neil Blonsky's the uh, uh, Tim yeah, Roth. Yeah, the player. abomination. Yeah. He just, uh, um, I, you know, he's yeah. just a one, you know, it's a one yeah. layer character again. Uh, you I know. think like they were trying to, uh, they were trying to relate that because in, in the film, um, Banner wants to get rid of the, the health thing. He wants to cure himself essentially. Um, you know, he, he doesn't want all that power. He doesn't want to get lost in the power and the, the, the rage. But then you got Emil Blonsky who. He become he becomes drunk on the power and he falls into the, the temptation of power. So he's like the polar opposite. That's a, that's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. Looking at it. yeah, I'm not sure. Also, you had to doing that. That's my thing. But obviously, the fight in the end was just typical. We needed Hulk Hulk to fight someone on the same level yeah. as him. Obviously, a bom- abomination. And abomination is like alive. He's not dead. Yeah. So they they could bring him back in the future. I don't think they will. Well, um, I, f- I forget his name. That um, the doctor. Oh, the leader played the by leader, um, Tim Tim Blake yeah. Nelson. Yeah, he gets infected, and he then disappears, and we never heard um, from him. He doesn't make. That's one of the biggest mysteries. He makes a canon appearance the biggest... in a, a comic. Yeah, what? Like what? Um, a, a, what? It's a canon comic on. Um... The MCU. Yeah. It's uh, it's not that big though. It's, it's not a really happened? big role. What, ha- what happens? Um, I'm not sure. It's like uh, someone. I think it's like Black. They Rick could bring him back in another episode. They yeah. could bring him back. And I mean, why not? I, like I think it should to be. Yeah, why yeah. not? Yeah, exactly. Bring him back in like one of the um, the phase TV shows yeah. on Disney Plus. That's a good opportunity. Yeah. I, I don't know if they're going to make another Hulk movie because it look uh, the yeah. whole university also writes the Hulk and they play silly games with. Marvel Studios, well, you know the direction they so... uh, Endgame with Professor Hulk. No, I, I don't think they will. No, unless no. unless he appears in like the new Guardians or I don't know, maybe something in the future. I mean, unless they make like a a, a Wolverine Hulk movie, well, maybe which... maybe he could be like a mentor to Spider Man in, in one of the new Spider Man. Yeah, movies. yeah, but Planet Hulk is done. That's the one people want to see. That's yeah. pretty much done. I was done in full Ragnarok. And, and I mean, so... they can't exactly do like a, an old man Logan thing. Because he'll, he'll looks in that, isn't he? In no. the comic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, anything else to talk about Incredible Hulk before we um, move on to Iron Man 2? I like, I like William Hurt portraying... Um, yeah, William Hurt is good. I yeah. prefer him to... Who's the fella that played him in the... Oh, Sam um... Sam... Sam Lloyd. Sam Lloyd. No, yes. Sam Neil. Sam Lloyd. You know, Sam. Sam. No, no, I think it's. Oh, Sam Elliott. No. Sam Elliott. Oh God. Uh, what the? Oh, Sam Lloyd was a guy from Scrubs. He passed away uh-huh. uh, recently. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I don't know. Like, it is very forgettable. In I, I don't know. It's just like. What can you do with a Hulk movie? You know that's why they put him in Ragnarok because he, he had a better he fit better in that role. It's just it's I don't know. There's Edward Norton was good in it. I'm not really fan. I'm not really a fan of uh, Liv Tyler. Liv, yeah. Liv Tyler. No, no, no. I, sorry, I like her acting. It's just her character was very bland. She had like nothing to do. Yeah, I I don't think she's yeah. come back again um, in yeah. future installments. Oh yeah, and um, but I think. Even I, even I think about it, like I wouldn't watch Incredible Hulk again if you yeah. know like I know I wouldn't be up to like I could be up to watching like an Iron Man yeah. again but I wouldn't be up to be like watching Incredible Hulk again 
yes, it's just it's more like worth it. when I watched the film, it was more like it was like, oh, I need to watch this film. Yeah. I didn't watch the cinema, but I watched the film. I was like, okay, oh, need me watch this film to like complete my yeah. viewing of MCU. The, like, I mean, like the Ang Lee version is is like definitely like uh, something which would be fun just like watch just like if you're drunk. Yeah, uh, that's definitely part of those the cheesiness yeah. of um, Marvel films. Obviously, this Incredible Hulk film, the first one, is a lot better than the Ang Lee yeah, one. Definitely. Definitely, like, yeah. Um, um, I mean, what, what else is it to say, really? You know, about being incre- the incredible hub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a shame. Shall we move on to Iron Man 2? Uh, I mean, uh, one okay. thing, I, I would like to just say, like, yeah, Incredible Hulk is, like, a valiant effort to sort of... to, to write a uh, Hulk story, but I just think they did it, and, you know, they, at least they can say now they've done it. It's difficult to write a, a whole centre story, yeah. to be honest. Right. Iron Man Part 2. Part 2. Came out in 2010. Again, directed by John Favreau. Right. Um, I, 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 I want to say this. I don't think this film's great. I don't think it's up to the same yeah. level as Iron Man it 1. Definitely for The way stops. I look at it... Yeah. yeah um, Mickey Rourke as... Uh, Iron Monger, no, uh, with Flash, yeah, with Flash. Well, uh, oh, I'm sorry, Ivan Van. Yeah, that's it. That's it. I, I was on about uh, um, I was on. Oh, I, I forgot about um, I just just played Iron Monger yeah. in the first one. Um, with Flash again, one sided villain. Just yeah, you know, I think Mickey Walker was was good with the, you know the script he was I mean, given. He's a good actor. He's a yeah. good actor. Yeah, yeah. The wrestler was like a breakthrough performance oh, for him. Yeah, he got, I think he yeah. won. I think he got nominated yeah. or won the um, Academy Award or Golden I Globe. Won? So, I think, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, I, I tell you what, like, definitely the, the memes are, are brilliant of Iron Man 2. Like, you've got, like, oh, yeah, Justin yeah. Hammer, who was a yeah. brilliant character, played by Sam Rockwell. Yeah. But you've got, like, so, yeah. uh, Whiplash, and I was like, oh, I want my board. My I bud. Brilliant. Um, it was this. This was written by. Oh, what's his name? Um, um well, the screenwriter. Yeah, Justin. Justin Faro. Oh yeah, he did. Um, Tropic yeah, Thunder. yeah, he, yeah. He directed. He 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 um he wrote the script for this. Uh, anyway, I I I wouldn't say like I I enjoy it, but I don't think it's great. Do you get know what I mean? Does that make yeah, sense? I like. Mean, it's it's a nice little spectacle, you know. It's, yeah, yeah. It, I feel like it's a set. It's a. It, 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 they need to be a film that really set it up properly. The MCU, yeah. like, Iron Man gave kind of like a like a small setup, but like Iron Man Two was where yeah. we need to. This is we yeah. need to get the Tony Stark to this point yeah. for the Avengers. Well, so, and obviously, then it was like a lot of exposition yeah. dumped by Shield. Yeah, you know. I mean, Nick Fury introduced, you know, Black Widow, that. you know, it's um, Black Widow, it yeah, very much yeah, a, a vehicle for introducing more, shit yeah. stuff, you know, yeah, but um, and it, and obviously, some of the scenes that like a lot of fans we really don't like it, uh, I find it a bit weird when like Tony Stark is getting really drunk, like, yeah. He's like sad drunk, yeah. and it's just well, like a bit yeah, like he's, what, he's like, despondent because um, the yeah, yeah, but it's the, just the palladium. It doesn't go well. Yeah. It, it just does. 
It just doesn't go well. That's the thing. I, I, like, I think it was, it was, the, the writing was quite bad in that. They, they were, they were, they needed, yeah, they needed, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, my, 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 um, my, my little theory about the Iron Man two is, um, so in the comics, Iron Man's chess piece is triangular, but in the first film, yeah. they established that the arc reactor is circular. Yeah, so they yeah. were going, hmm, like let's make him look more classical. Let's give him the triangle um, chess plate, and they were like, the chess piece, sorry, not chess. Plate, uh, so they were, you know, they were like, well, can we write something so that he changes the arc reactor? Hmm, oh, let, let's see, like. Does he change the fuel that goes in there? Oh, oh, he changes the element. He discovers an element. So then they create the cool plot about why he needs to change the the, the element. And and apparently the palladium plate or whatever is killing him. He finds the uh, schematics left by his father in like that. Was it like like a three D layout of like the the Stark Expo or like the City of Tomorrow or something? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So when I was yeah, but I thought that also comes that also comes up in obviously yeah. America. Oh yeah, so obviously when, when he makes the Expo. particle accelerator, he uses um, a prototype version of Captain America's yeah. shield. Yeah, uh, and and obviously you know the other the other the other storyline going on with that is Justin Hammer rival to Tony yeah. Stark who wants to make profit over you know Stark Industries. Yeah. And he, you know, he joins an alliance with uh, Whiplash, who basically wants to destroy Tony yeah. Stark. For he blames um, Howard Stark for like ruin, like just, you know, ruining his father's career. Yeah. Well, the thing is, like Ivan, Ivan, um, Ivan's father was uh, like he did want to sell the arc reactor technology for I think it was like for weaponization or like for profit or something. So Howard yeah. and like he didn't want him to do that, so he he had him deported. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> and obviously the film the film begins with um he dies, doesn't it? Yeah. And then Whiplash is like, like and it coincides with like Iron Man totally yeah. uh, announcing to the press the world that he's um Iron yeah. Man. But it's very really weird actually because actually that's the first film I I can. What a f- first film where a masked hero actually reveals his identity like That's straight why, away. Like, when I actually watched this uh, the film in cinema, I was a bit shocked because like, what, what pe- people know yeah. he's Iron Man. Yeah, but he's got he's he's different than when yeah. he's someone with Peter and, Parker. And that's like, another thing I think what makes the first Iron Man stand out in that he's not like your your ordinary hero. Like, yeah, he, he is heroic. He is a good guy. But he's he's obnoxious. He's egotistical. Yeah. He's you know. Yeah. He's he's different. He's layered. He's complex. And I, I don't think yeah, that definitely. really shows in the second one. No, it doesn't. Um, it's the second one is like we need to get from point A to exactly. point B. That's exactly. that's basically it. Like we we set up the Avengers. We got you know they got four yeah. coming along. Cat America coming yeah. you know coming along as uh, the year after that. We need to set up the Avengers. Yeah. So we need to get Tony Stark to his place. But also we need to have more development on the Avengers yeah. initiative and what Shield mm-hmm. is. And we're going to introduce Black yeah. Widow as well. Definitely one of the best points is um, Don Cheadle's portrayal of um, Rhodey and um, yeah. the establishment of the War Machine character. He's War Machine, and then he's Iron Patriot in the third one, and then he goes back yeah, to War Machine, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Iron Man three, like you know, we'll talk to that when we come to um, uh, 
phase two, but um, Iron Man three is a bit of a meme in itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, will, we will come to it. Like, I, you know, it's probably not. I would say Iron Man is probably the best one out of the trilogy, like the Iron oh, Man God, films. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. You know, like Iron Man two, you still enjoy it. It's just I wouldn't say it's great. It's just I feel like it's an expedition dump, to be honest with the film. Yeah, but I feel like obviously Marvel have learned from that, but I feel like you needed to have like a film like this to. Yeah. You know, it's a sacrifice to be like the exposition dump. Otherwise, otherwise, when you get to the Avengers, then you're gonna have a lot of exposition to do as well. Uh, I think, I think like, that's what I th- they did well in that they, they yeah. For like, example, if it, if they if they if they like you know tr- set it up what this shield or the Avengers initiative was more like you know backstory that in Avengers it wouldn't work. Mm. It was just it had, yeah it, it wouldn't like have the effect. But Iron Man two. Um, Justin, uh, Justin Freud did a good job writing it. I think, like you know, yeah. I mean, um, he's not he's yeah. not a bad writer. He direct, he, he wrote uh, Tropic Thunder. Which... <laughs> that, that's brilliant. Um, yeah, that's that, that's good. Yeah, that's a good. I mean, film. I, I think it's good, and, and you you've got John Favreau returning as director, which only helps the film. I think. Um, but yeah, I think. It, it doesn't have that whole um, like thematic approach that Iron Man one had in that. Yeah. This is this yeah. is, this is not think... an ordinary war film. You know, this is not an ordinary superhero film. And because of um, all this, you know, you know the the background to the film and all like you know what's going on like with you know the making of it. I think John Favreau decided I don't make don't direct any more Iron Man films. Or I, I, I think superhero films that, that was compounded but, by I think he was like, going into more writing um, uh, jobs and he was yeah I think it was at that time yeah. he was starting to um, to look at like technology for um, stuff like the Lion King and uh, the Jungle Book yeah yeah and uh, Jungle Book yeah, yeah. but um, anything else you want to say about Iron Man two um. I mean, I'm not really, I'm not a big fan of the end battle where it's just like explosions, explosions, you know, and yeah, they need to get yeah, out before the time uh, runs out. You know, it's obvious. They, ki- they like, kill off, they, yeah. yeah, they they kill off Whiplash, yeah. you know, like Whiplash isn't going to yeah. come back. You, you will lose. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like what do you think of Mickey Rourke's, uh, what do you think of Mickey Rourke's Russian accent? Terrible. It's funny though. I think it's terrible, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's funny, but it's just not really... But I think John Favreau is going to, like, ham it up. You know, have fun, you know, <laughs> yeah. hell, you're playing a villain called Whiplash, have fun. You know. <laughs> I think the, the character look was amazing, though, how, especially when he's on the, the Monaco um, racetrack, and you know, Oh, yeah, he's, um, yeah. He's got his, his whole like, arc that... reactor set up, and his body's covered with tattoos, and he's got, like, long-ish yeah. hair. I, I think yeah. it's, it's good. And I, one thing I, I'll give Marvel is that they know how to modernize and uh, make their car- uh, their villains more realistic. Yeah, that's what I'll give Marvel. They are, they are very good at translating to the big screen. Yeah, I feel like Iron Man Two is it, it, it goes away from the whole like terrorism and more looks to like company competition rivalry. Um... And definitely Justin Hammer represents like corporate greed. Yeah. Or like um Yeah. 
but oh, uh, well, just in general. Yeah, but what I'm saying it's not like it's not like another it's not like another Iron Man one where yeah. Iron Man's go is fighting against terrorists. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Like during the first one, like a lot, oh, a lot of them. He does seem he, he does seem like there's not that many fight scenes in this film either, isn't it? He, he, he I mean, sort of the, the fight scene scenes. in Monaco. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a, it's a fight scene in Monaco, and it's like a fight scene yeah. in like the third act. I, th- I think I think they they were trying to get the story across that he he's almost lost the will to live because he thinks he's gonna die because of the uh, Palladium yeah. poisoning. But I think it's it's about then him discovering um, that he has a second chance. No, that, that he has, you know, because I think in the first one he discovers he has a second chance at life to do good but i think in this one he has to rediscover that and that just because he thinks he's dying he needs to find a way to live to help other people that's yeah yeah i I probably look into it way too much like i put on a tinfoil hat and i just go crazy but um (laughs) you know like and i i uh, i the marvel cinematic universe does this really well in that tony as much as he, he makes out that he had a rough relationship with his father he yearns for his father's approval, even though he's dead. Yeah. And that um, when he's trying to research, like you know, the, the secret of uh, Howard Stark, when he finds like that tape reel, he says like, "Was it like um, I'm uh, Howard Stark's like oh, I'm constrained by the technology of my time. You know, my greatest creation is you." Blah blah blah. Um, yeah. That's what. That, that's what. That's uh, another plus I give the film. The fellow who plays Howard Stark, he was in Mad Men. John. John Slattery. Yeah, Slattery. John Slattery. He is brilliant in that. He, 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 appears, can... he, he appears a bunch of times I, in there. I know he, he? He, he's not very universal an actor and that he can't play other characters, but he plays the, the, the 50s like debonair gentleman very well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. He'd be like amazing in, in a sort of um, like a 50s or 60s film now. I think he'd be grand. And like, that's why he fits so well as Howard Stark. That's so uh, exactly about your bang on there, and also there's there's two there's two like versions of how Stark. You got Dominic Cooper's version in Captain America, yeah. and you got John John Slattery's in um, Iron Man Two and obviously in Civil War, Ant Man, uh, Avengers Endgame. Oh yeah, <laughs> we'll come on to Captain America. Um, do we move on to four? The God yeah. of Thunder. Four, right, okay. Um, so one thing I'd like to like stay straight off. Joanne, you were yeah. saying that it's refreshing yeah. to have superhero characters not based in like the metropolis or you know not based in New York. What's your what's your yeah. opinion of basing Thor in New Mexico? I think I think it's, I think it's different. Like it's obviously, different, but the, the main it? it's yeah different. yeah. Obviously, that's like if the whole film was set in New Mexico, I think it'd be, it it would. I think it'd be disappointing, but obviously it cuts back and forth to Asgard. Like, Do you think it's good in showing like a fish out, a fish out of water sort of film? Yeah, mm. yeah. Also, I feel like it's we re- it, it obviously the four comics is all like to do with Norse mythology, yeah. like you know Odin, Loki, Asgard. Yeah. Um, I would go like uh, the Nine Realms. I don't. I feel like it re. I don't. Know, did it re re like um, a resurgence of like uh, North, people like going to Norse mythology, um, like I learning about so. knowledge? 
Yeah, I, I think um, so as well. Like, I think my 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 mythology really I learned really started off yeah. from the Marvel MCU. It's films. one thing to read about Norse mythology or mythology in general, and another thing to actually see it come to life. I think it, it, yeah, it gives yeah. a, a wider audience and. I, think, I, I feel like the obviously, I feel like the um, the MCU versions of North Forge are very PG compared oh, to. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you read actually some of the short yeah. stories and you know, like Odin, like yeah. of like well, what Odin was especially like, especially how like the North was... used to have statues of their gods with like foot long penises, you know, <laughs> you know, they're, they're dicks <laughs> you know, as a sign of like fertility. So you know, they're not going to show the statues in the MCU of like. Uh, foot long dick, so that you know, and like obviously, Cavs was like four yeah. and Odin, which in the in yeah. the films are kind of they kind of portray as like good guys, but like in actuality, like they were they're all quite like they were mixed, weren't they? Like, I wouldn't say um, like in, yeah. the, in the real North mythology, four is like a great, you know, great good guy well, god. Like, you have to think, and Odin's like, like a powerful god, but yeah. yeah. Thor being seen as the heroic character is definitely due to Marvel's influence, but I think um, yeah, definitely, definitely. The uh, Norse uh, legacy is is way different. It's Loki is good because he's more not less a villainous character and more a chaotic character. He's chaotic because yeah, because he's chaotic. You know, he likes chaos, he likes tri- tricks, mischief, yeah, mischief, mischief. Got a mischief. mischief. Got a mischief. Yeah. Then, um, I think I'm, I'm not saying that. Marvel's bad in this, but in the Norse mythology, uh, Thor is portrayed as quite. Um, he's not that intelligent. He is, you know, he's, he's a sign of strength. The, you know, in the comics. No, sorry, no, in Norse yeah. mythology in general, he's meant to be a sign of oh, yeah, strength, yeah. strength, fertility, and just manliness, overt manliness. Yeah. And in contrast, Odin is meant to be. The mysterious, wise, um, almost all like gender gender bending, yeah. Um, yeah, like all seeing, all knowing God. He, he's sometimes portrayed as strong as well, but not so much. He's more associated with wisdom and knowledge. Mm-hmm. But I, I I like how um, I mean Thor is badass, you know. So the Marvel, I can see how over the years they've created this character that, especially in the MCU now that. You know, they show how uh, Thor is he's entitled, you know, he's spoiled, he's a brat, he's, he's an arsehole. But, uh, yeah, well, but and again, with Tony Stark, yeah. like, Thor's development, character development is so great. Yeah. Like, as you go through the films, like, like, he's a very different person compared to in what, like, Thor Ragnarok in Avengers Endgame, many years in, um, in the first four. The first yeah. four, as you said, also, yeah. He's he's like uh, he's like a spoiled uh, you know uh, son of a brat, son yeah. of a king yeah it's, yeah and obviously him you know Odin taking away his power and banishing him to Earth yeah like and that's why that you know and obviously Thor you know learns from it yeah. like that's why the battle the the battle like um, between him and the destroyers really it's really like obviously it's obviously the effects are great like you know the battles like yeah. crazily good yeah. like. No, yeah, but um, it's a it's a lot of deep meaning about yeah. like obviously it shows that like four he can't just rely on like the, his own strength. Yeah, to be honest, you get what I mean. Like he can't rely on all his powers and stuff to yeah. help him. Like and it's and it's like 
and it's it's a teaching of you need to be you need to be more more than this. Yeah. Like, uh, well, yeah, I don't know if you can elaborate on what I'm saying, but like, it's it, it's obviously Odin banish him to uh, to Earth. It's like a teaching. Yeah. For it. He wants him, uh, He wants his son well, to well, learn. I mean, I I I'd have to disagree. I think like he's banishing him because that's why he 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 says to the hand anyway. He says like. Whoever was it like? Uh, whoever be he worthy, uh, shall possess the power of Thor. Not like when Thor yeah, becomes I, I, worthy. Yeah, but you know? if but if Odin's all seen, he's gonna know that like the Thor is gonna get the hammer. Hmm. He knows. Yeah. He knows Thor is gonna get the hammer. It's all a test for for, for Thor. He yeah, wants yeah. him to be. I mean, I, I, he wants I, him to be like the the like worthy of being yeah. a ruler. Someday, I mean, but, and the four in the first one, he's not like yeah, he's not worthy, you know, not worthy yeah. of that, of that title. But I, I feel like, um, yeah, when he like when he casts the hammer away, I think he, you know, yeah. through the, the portal, he yeah. knows that four is going to pick I, it up. I think it's, it's it's all about like uh, Kenneth Branagh is like a good director, but I mean his direction is I, I'm not really a fan of it. Like the whole story is meant to be this journey from. Selfishness to selflessness. Yeah. So you know, I I agree. Like you know, what you're saying is good. Like um, but but Thor didn't know that. Thor just thinks that what the selfish the the, the self um, the like, selfishness he needs to become worthy and that he needs to become selfless. It's not all about him. No, he does learn that. Oh, no, yeah, what I mean, he does learn it in that. Like he gives yeah. his life in the end. He becomes he gives his life for others. So he's selfless. He becomes like heroic in a way, because at the beginning he's he endangers his friend's life and his brother's life by going to Jotunheim. But yeah. At the end, then he tries to save his friends by confronting the destroyer. So it's like um, it's like Paul. It's like you know a, a character arc. Yeah, that's oh, obviously, like I understand point. Like Ken Brandon, like yeah, I think he's a good director, but I think he's. He's good when it comes to like these very drama Shakespearean. Because yeah. like, Henry the Fifth, like his version is probably the best Henry oh, yeah. V version out there. Um, he did Hamlet as well. You know, he's yeah. you know that's really good from. He knows how to direct, but yeah. uh, I feel like directing blockbusters yeah. is a different thing. Like obviously, he's directed um, Jack Ryan Shallow Recruit. Yeah. I mean, it's a film that like didn't make as much money and. Normally, normally, really, everyone normally knows about that was it because it's quite a forgetful right? film. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He did the Cinderella for Disney, which is pretty good. He just he recently just released Artemis Fowl. That wasn't yeah. that good, but I yeah. feel like I feel like I, I wouldn't say I was just directing. I think it's more the studio. Yeah. Um, to blame I mean, for Artemis Fowl is like a studio abomination. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's <just> Disney. Like <laughs> <laughs> it's um, Disney. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not saying it's bad, but it is yeah. like it's 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 Disney like trying to put too much in, into one film and set everything up. Like, I mean, so I mean, um, oh, uh, also, um, what's called like uh, Judy Dench's like oh God, voice yeah. in that. It's it's one of the yeah. red red flags. Sorry, what were you saying? Uh, just um, so what, what would, what's your opinion of um, like Thor's like new friends in uh, in the movie? With Doctor Egg, oh, Eric, Eric Selvig, and you know, all that. Before we, before we go on to that, yeah. I just want to quickly say about how, like, I see Thor as, like, quite 
I feel like Ken Branagh's like I think he's a good maybe I think he's a good choice for director four. Yeah. Because for the story of of four in the film, it's like a very Shakespearean drama. Yeah. So you you obviously you said you had you have the son who's selfish and you know his father wants him to be you know worthy of the you know to be a ruler when his you know take over his yeah. father. Then you have the half brother bastard who oh, learns the truth yeah. about his family. And it creates a conflict with his father and his brother. It's very Shakespearean. So you're saying it's almost very... like King Lear. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's that. Oh, yeah, that's, that's very good. If... Because I, I was thinking, I was thinking to myself, like when I'm rewatching, it, I was like, how did Kenneth Branagh like direct a Marvel film? Like, what what made him choose that? So maybe, yeah, like the writers pitched it to him as this is a you know like a. This isn't just a superhero film. This is like a Shakespearean yeah. tragedy. Well, and, tragedy for yeah, it's like it, it's yeah. like um, and also it's like it's got medievalism in it as well because it's about yeah. kings, princes, yeah. you know, like well, the king, you know, kingdoms and all that, like power, like, like all of the scenes in Asgard are amazing. Oh yeah, the set, amazing. The, set design, like, the costume design, like how they establish the world, you know, it, it's so like oh, it's, it's impressive. Yeah. Definitely, and I like definitely. how they, they don't go too overboard with because they establish these the nine rounds, but they don't go overboard with it. No, no, they don't. No, they 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 uh, develop it more in, as the films yeah, go on. Yeah. I think but I think that was always the, um, the idea. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll go back to the characters, wasn't it? Um, Stellan Skarsgård as um, what's his name again? Uh, Doctor Eric Selvig. I think he did a good job. I, yeah, I think, that, I yeah, think obviously very bland, but I think I mean they they are primarily comic relief. Yeah, well, I feel like Natalie Portman yeah. as yeah. Jane Foster. She's a bit bland yeah, in she, it. She but... hated portraying the character. Yeah, but I think she's she's basically there to be the love interest. Yeah. Like, yeah, and obviously she obviously she, her role her role, she has bigger role in obviously for the Dark World, but yeah. in this one she's just she's just there to be that emotional. Like support, yeah. I would say that emotional act yeah. support for four. That yeah. you know, I, um, I think the Darcy, I find like it's Darcy, I find this is really nice. She's, she's like, purely I, comic relief, she's yeah, but it's it. a comic yeah. relief, it's just but it's just not yeah. funny, otherwise, it's, it just gets annoying. Yeah. Like, I mean, this is um, this is um, a bit of criticism for the next film, but um, the fella who joins them. Like is it Elsie's boyfriend or uh, sorry Darcy's boyfriend or something? Even it, even it. Oh yeah, him. Yeah. Why is he in the film? Like, but I mean, I I can see why they wrote those characters and that they needed the ground. Yeah. Like they, they said, right, right. You can't yeah. just bombard the audience with all this fantasy rubbish. Let's explain it a bit, or let's explain yeah. how Thor's coming to Earth. And they just said, like, basically, yeah. it's an Einstein Rosen bridge. You know, it's a wormhole. Oh. Cool. So he travels by wormholes. Cool. Whatever. And then, and then um, it's all about then sort of establishing that they think that what do they think he's he's a he's a mystery man and it turns out he's essentially a prince of another yeah. world. You know. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's a nice little reveal for him. Yeah. I lo- and I loved. I feel like also the dialogue's quite Shakespearean as well. Like the way he like the way he talks oh, God, is like. Yeah. Um, well, it, it, no, Shakespeare also sounds like it's it's literally dialogue like God would say. It's like yeah. get get back. Like uh, I remember in um, Avengers, like which is no concern to you, 
metal yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> is this like pulls it off like <laughs> How is it? you catch a son of Odin? Yeah. I love it. I was trying to get up uh, to picture of um no full drinking coffee in that uh, oh, cafe yeah. another. in the film he says another and I was going to put like coffee coffee cast. Oh like... yes. <laughs> that's really, that's really a another episode's coming like an, an, yeah. another. I like this another <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, and um, what you were saying, like about the what... Shakespearean dialogue, he says, like, this body grows weak, I need sustenance. Like, oh, brilliant! <laughs> I can't, I can't do uh, Chris Hemsworth doing Thor, unfortunately. Also, um, Tony Stark takes a piss out of, um, obviously, what he's wearing, yeah. and, um, in the Avengers, like, does out wear your mother's drapes, yeah. like, the, I think, like, it's no concern to you, I, metal I man. I think that satire of, um, of like how he's talking in the first film. <laughs> Because in the films, in the films after that, they torn it down. Yeah, Ragnarok. Yeah, he's just normal. He doesn't sound that. Uh, that hot. But um, he gets earthenized. He gets earth dialogue earthenized. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which I um, think plays well into the character. But um, yeah. obviously, um, Jeremy Re- Jeremy Renner as Hawkeye. He's in it just like to set him yeah, up yeah, as well. Exactly. There's no match, um, but, yeah. What do you think of Jerry Renner's Hawkeye? He's, yeah, he's, he's good. Right. I mean, yeah, he's yeah, alright. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, Hawkeye doesn't have much of a really much of a that's personality. That's the problem. I don't know yeah. if his character. He has a family, but that's really well, it. Like, I think that was the, the the issue with Hawkeye. They were like, well, he's a bit of a boring character. What can we do for to deepen his character? But they need to set him up. They need to set him up before Avengers, yeah. introduce him well, Avengers, so they obviously have him that, that was a nice little setup in Endgame in that his whole family died. Spoilers. Well, everyone's probably seen already. Yeah. But, um, everyone's yeah. seen the film now. Um, you know, so it's, you know, that was good character motivation. But, I mean, yeah. in this film, just looking on it, he's just an assassin with a bow. If you, if you don't know... Who could hit all his targets, like... <laughs> Um, we should quick talk about Loki, shouldn't we? I mean, you you gotta admit, like Loki is probably the most successful um, villain in the MCU. Yeah, so his establishment is so good in this. Yeah, um, it's a character that is not. It's not like the other ones come before, like yeah. You know, apart from like you know, yeah, the ones that came before, like in the MCU, he's literally like more than one layer. Like you, it's a character you can understand why he's a he's a villain, like oh, why he would do yeah. that. <clears throat> because in this film, you you see like he, he's an outcast, really. He's yeah. he's not he's different from everyone else, and he and he feels betrayed by his father, 
and his mother's the only like you know the, the thing I'll keep him like you know you know straight to go I mean like not straight yeah. but like keep him like you know in um fixed so after you know then like he 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 loves his mother more than he loves his father so as I say that like his mother's always been there for him showed like that mother's love and his father's always kind of like you know seem as like a bastard to be honest but yeah. obviously you realize that um you realize that his real father is the frost giant yeah the um yeah the king of the frost giants L- and, uh, L- yeah yeah and you realize that he was the banner's baby odin took him in uh, yeah th- yeah odin took him in um yeah um I, th- I think it's really good in that it shows how loki is almost like a tragic character like yeah. he um you know, yeah, you were saying it's brilliant. Like, you did like lay it out succinctly how he's an outcast either way. Like, you know, he the the Asgardians think of him as like you know uh, a, a foundling, you know, an orphan essentially, and he's like he's not a, a typical warrior. You know, he uses like mischief and magic. Um, and then you got the ice giants who just view him as uh, an Asgardian. You know, and I and think- you're the- and the idea also, I want to, sorry, um, oh, what right, you yeah. say? I was quickly going to touch about the idea of outcasts yeah. in, in films, especially superhero, yeah. where outcasts are, can be good, the good, you know, can lead to being good characters, you know, yeah. good moral characters or lead to being bad moral characters. Loki, as an outcast, is, is you can say, is also kind of similar to Arthur Fleck in The Joker. He's an outcast and he feels outcasted by. The world he, he's around him, like people view him as different, and then that's, that leads him to become like version of the Joker. Same thing yeah. I say for Loki. You, you know, like Thor has that kind of brotherly thing with Loki, and Thor tries to help him. Yeah, but he can't. He can't hurt. He can't, him. can't kill him, can he? You know? No, no, you can't. But look, you know, like Loki's pretty much when he takes over, like Asgard, Asgard while O O. Odin's in like a sleep or something, like that's in a coma. Some, some yeah, way, he's like, like he's weakened or something. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he sends a destroyer, like, but yeah, but I, I like that. I like that. And it, it was actually a proper, like, a proper personal connection with the protagonist and the antagonist as well. Yeah. Because obviously, he didn't have that personal connection with really, um, Iron Man and, um, you know, like the villain in the first Iron Man, same thing with Iron Man, you know, Tony Stark and, you know, um, uh, oh God, I, I forget names today, you know. Um, uh, he, oh, what's his name though? Ivan Vanko. Yeah. yeah, that's it. He, but with this one, like it's four, literally, it's brother versus brother. Yeah. And that that's a more deep and meaningful, impactful kind of well, conflict. Yeah, it? It, it, it's Shakespearean, you know, it's, it's like, yeah. it's from classical myth, you know, it's, yeah, it's biblical almost. Yeah. Um, well, if you look, if you look back, yeah, if you look, there's so many films that come out about like, um, you know, like somebody wants to take the throne, but you know, and is they're jealous of like another person, their family, so they yeah. get rid of them and stuff like that. You know, what's it? Gladiator, Commodus. Yeah. Wants to get rid of um, um, Maximus. Yeah. Maximus because. Um, Oh, what's his name? Um, who's 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 um who's emperor? That's, oh, Ma- um, Marcus Aurelius. Marcus Aurelius chooses Maximus as the successor. Yeah. You know, you know stuff like that, and like, 
obviously that history, especially like in medieval history, you've got um, you know brothers fighting each other for yeah. control, for yeah. being a successor. It's um, it's yeah. really interesting, and obviously, four plays into that as well, and obviously plays into the, and brings in the whole um, Shakespearean element to it as well. Yeah, I I, I think that's what makes this film quite good. No, it's, yeah. it's yeah. not about yeah. like. It's not, yeah, it's not about you know saving like you know you know people from bank robbers and stuff like classical no, heroes. No. It is. I wouldn't say it's like a family drama, or like a, a soap opera, but it's very much like they know that they need to keep the the kingdom safe and they need to keep themselves together. If the nine realms are going to be secure, yeah, you know, and if if chaos is going to be kept at bay, because they know that if a bad king, you know, goes on the throne, or if, um, you know, the, the heirs kill themselves, and there is no heir to the throne, then chaos will reign, and yeah. every, everyone will suffer because of it. That's that, well, that's that's what they think anyway, isn't it? But um, yeah, I mean, I like how, you know, it, 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 you see, right at the, at the beginning of the film, Loki hardly speaks. It's always like. His face, his face gives like his gives away his emotions, and then it's only until Thor uh, is banished does he does he become more confident that he yeah he talks more and it's it's almost yeah. as if he's not he, he feels now he's not living in his brother's shadow. Definitely, and obviously Tom Hiddleston playing Loki, great oh, performance, yeah, and that really sort that really like started off his stardom really into yeah. Into like yeah. international fame, he did audition for Thor originally. Yeah, yeah, he wore like a wig, a blonde wig. I don't yeah, remember him. I, I, I thought, I think he could have made a good Thor, but I don't think he he has that the big physical. Um, no, no, he doesn't physical like, performance. He, no. He's more, which plays into the role of Loki much better. I think he plays it more. Um, Showing his intelligence, his mm-hmm. you know his face like gives off like yeah he 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 doesn't want to give everything away you know yeah yeah um his face is more lean which I don't know it it seems like he has a less trustworthy face and facial expressions like okay, yeah are, are acting in itself it's not just dialogue like yeah. like so, same as like I don't know um a painting can you know can a picture can say a thousand words yeah. Really, like facial expressions can really paint show that a bunch of, you know, say a thousand words or something like. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If 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 you get what I mean from that, like, oh, yeah, you can yeah. tell what a character's feeling just from the facial expressions. Yeah. So it's a great mode of acting. Yeah. Loki does it really well. Like Tomlinson does really well with Loki in this film. Uh, also, talking yeah. about Idris Elba as well. He's he's in this. Oh yeah, Heimdall. Heimdall. Yeah, he does yeah. a good job. Yeah, he he's. They eventually yeah. didn't didn't like working with Disney and Marvel, didn't he? I mean, that's why he wanted his he, character killed off. <laughs> his his character was pretty useless in the first couple of films. Yeah, and they were giving him more to do then, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, he, he, he was good. I mean, he's very like a stoic, like guardian character, you know, badass as hell. But I mean. Yeah, he was right. So the whole Norse, like the whole Norse mythology, like you know, that the kind of setting that it, it carries on to other films because you get the Tesseract 
you know, in yeah. Captain America, that is from like Norse mythology, comes from that kind of, you know, that kind of world. To go, you know, like like a lot yeah. of the um, two of the uh, the Infinity Stones, you know, come from that kind, you know, from the that world of. Norse mythology, you know, like yeah. Um, I mean, there's definitely there's definitely fancy elements about it. Right? Yeah, yeah. What, what, what's the what's the, what's the stone? You got a tesseract, you know, uh, and the you got the ether as well. Like, yeah. you know, that's um. Obviously, you got the um. The mind control. Oh, I as well. Yeah, Loki scepter. Yeah. yeah, Loki scepter. That's it. Yeah. So you know that whole Norse kind of, you know, elements of the Norse that Norse element does play a big part of the MCU in the yeah. first three phases. Um, um, do you want to talk about Captain America? Yeah. Yeah. So, right. So this, sorry. Um, what's your opinion of uh, this one? I would say this, actually, this is technically the, the chronological first film in the MCU. Yeah. It is. And then after that, it's like Captain Marvel. So yeah, <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? Like, um, yeah. I like how everything is oh, I, I forget like the, the proper word for it but how everything seems a bit aged and like brown almost as if you're looking at it through like old photographs the first one uh, I mean yeah like Captain Marvel uh, sorry Captain oh, yeah. America the first Avenger yeah yeah it does in yeah. that everything seems like you're looking at an old propaganda reel yeah it is Actually, it is, never, isn't I, it? Actually, think about it. I that's a good point. I never saw that way. It's like, um, you know, playing into the whole World War Two um, uh, theme. It's it's very, I don't know. It, it gives off the the impression that you're not watching a film. You're watching like uh, a record of his life. Yeah, and yeah. and the, everything about him is recorded and it's propagandized. Yeah, which I mean. It's not. It's not bad. It's not cynical. I'm just saying that it's it, it's thematical in that yeah. Captain America originally was a propaganda tool yeah. against the Nazis. Well, I'm going punch a Hitler. That's in one. That's in, yeah, that's yeah. in a comic, and obviously yeah. it plays out in it plays out in yeah. this film as well. Like, yeah. But yeah, it was um same way as Superman was also like a propaganda um, in the World War Two. Like, um, I don't know. I think so. Yeah, well, not not well, so much as Captain America. Well, like Superman really like embodies America. Yeah, yeah, he's the the man of tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, and Captain America embodies America, like the, the yeah. patriot. The pa- I was about to say patriarchy, and um, the pa- pa- the <laughs> patriarchy, the patriotism, um, you know, yeah, theme is always there. Like, yeah. and Captain America, I lo- I really like this film because it's, it goes through a different setting again. Yeah, and he's introduced us to new characters as well. Um, I would say um, Chris Evans and Steve Rogers really well, really done yeah, well. Brilliant, yeah. Um, you know, I remember him from Fantastic Four. Oh yeah, <laughs> and also like it's not it's another not another uh, what's it called teenage movie I think or like teen yeah. movie. Yeah, he um, also played one of the exes from Scott Pilgrim. Oh yeah, well. that's it. That's it. I remember that. I remember that. Um, no, he does a really good job on this. I do like the whole World War Two setting for this as well. Yeah, yeah. it's um, it is good. Yeah, and it's a lot of like it. It goes well with like what was happening at the time. Apart from like, the whole patriotism, like 
you know, fighting against tyranny, Nazism, Hydra. It's also about this new technology that can be destructive. Yeah. Because right back, back, back then, you've had the U2 bomb. You know, that was yeah. that was being constructed. You know, like all, all well, this, the A-bomb, wasn't it? Yeah. And the A-bomb as well. Like, yeah, exactly. And yeah. Captain America, Captain America, this new super soldier. Yeah. You know, it's 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 part of that as well. Like, and yeah. also like not you know ideas that Nazis wanted to create super soldiers as well. Right? Yeah. I I think I think it's, it it ties into the whole. There, there's like a secret arms race between um, Hydra and um, whatever that like the Proto Shield organization is called. Yeah. Um, you know, they're trying to compete with each other. There's almost like a shadow war going on. I like that because it's, it's played much more into um, uh, the Winter Soldier as like a political thriller or like a, um, a spy thriller sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. But I like how it, it, it's almost like, you know, the, Captain America was created as a tool for war. You yeah. Know? But, you know, the people that, you know, I forget the doctor's name, um, but you know, like the doctor that created the super soldier serum, he wanted the person to have oh, this Stan power. Tucci's character. Yeah, um, yeah. What's his name? Yeah, but his character, like he, he wanted this person to have it, who almost didn't want it. Yeah. You know, that didn't want the power. You know, yeah. and so that they'd use it almost responsibly, or wouldn't use it like to its full potential at all. Yeah. Which you'd think, like being like in the military or like well being used by the US military would be uh, counterproductive but I don't know it's almost like you know that's how heroes are made you know it's not he's not a soldier on his own he's meant to be a hero on a war hero yeah you know and he's not necessarily fighting against the Nazis he's fighting against Hydra as well yeah and which is meant to be even worse and you know Steve Rogers his character he wants freedom for people yeah like uh, gets rid of oppression that's why it his morals come conflicted in the civil war. Yeah. When he's like, you know, the idea of like this, the, the Sokovia Accords and, you know, and all that. Um, yeah. But, and also, yeah. And also this is, this is inducing Steve Rogers and the time he used, and you realize how different the time zone, the, the, the time setting is here than it is in the, when he's like frozen ice and wakes up in modern day. Yeah, America. I mean that was that was a brilliant ending. How yeah, yeah. He wakes up and he and he used the um the anachronistic radio broadcast. Yeah. And yeah. He, was it like a, a baseball game or something? Yeah, yeah. And, and he realizes it's like the wrong year. Yeah, it? yeah. Brilliant. Um, yeah, very good. Oh um, no, yeah. It was like the year before, a couple of years before, wasn't it? They played it. Yeah. So stupid. I, like how did he mess it, up? Like it's almost like a like a, um, a psychological thriller. How he's in that. Uh, World War Two esque um, hospital bed, and he breaks through the walls, and it's like in a, a sterile like warehouse. Yeah, and then he comes into like a building, and he's outside then into Times uh, Times Square in the in the modern day, yeah. and it's it, it's it is like and and the first, a bit like uh, Iron Man, how and the, and the it's opening, almost like he's walking up there, and the opening know. again, like following the same kind of narrative. I was in Iron Man and Thor. Yeah, and it begins with. People finding the shield, finding him in the ice. Yeah. Um. I was gonna. I was gonna. What we talk about? Well, we. It's good because we, when we when we meet characters like Dominic Cooper, Tony Stark, Stark Expo, and all that, we we already know about it. 
Yeah. So we're like, oh, okay, this is what Dark Expo was, was before. We're looking at like the origins, the early years of um, Howard Stark. Yeah. Um, I would say uh, Hugo Weaving as Red Skull. Really oh, good. Oh, he's brilliant. Yeah. Um, disappointing, he doesn't come back in later installments. Um, I I think they didn't know what to do with him, but but then again, Hugo Weaving didn't want to come back. So I think they put the character on ice. Yeah. No pun intended. There's, there's, always, um, there's always that kind of talk. Is like, does Red Skull die at the end? Or was he transported? Yeah. And then obviously, in Infinity War, it shows that like, He's um, I think still alive. They saw that this was like they didn't want to waste an opportunity with such a uh, a popular villain. Yeah. So they just you know they decided to make him. It looked like he's like you know like they'd warped him away or they yeah you know, uh, beamed him up you know Scotty and all that stuff. Yeah. So they they wanted to use him somewhere down the line, which yeah they did in Endgame. So uh, sorry in Infinity War and Endgame. He can come back though. It's, it's, it's doors yeah. open for him to come back, like in the oh, future. definitely, yeah. But Captain America's got such a good like rogues gallery, like yeah, yeah. So you know, like um, crossbones, uh, Baron... Doctor Zola, Doctor yeah. Zola, yeah, Baron Zemo, like you know, like it's all he's got Von good... Strucker, yeah. yeah, Von Strucker. He's got a good um, rogues gallery. Um, so you know they bring back Red Skull in the future. That'd, that'd, that'd be great to be honest. Like, um, yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah. Um, Peggy Carter, played by Haley Atwell. Yep, does a good it's job good. in it yeah. as well. Very good. Dominic Cooper, I like him as House, um, younger House Dark. I mean, he's all right. He, he's he's good in that he can portray the, um, you know, dark featured, uh, charismatic, yeah, playboy esque. You know, yeah, he, he's. He was channeling Robert Downey Jr., which worked, you know. Yeah. And you know, he he's got like, you know, the, the Crawford hair, you know, he's got like the nineteen forties mustache. Yeah. He looks yeah. as if he's like a a, a, a film um star from the forties. Yeah. Yeah. You know. And um and I don't know, I, I like how he's like everything he sort of does is not to the standard of Tony Stark and I wonder whether, you know, that was you know, as he said in Iron Man 2, like, he's constrained. That's so why he's restricted by the technology. You know, he can't express his true genius because of the time, you know. And... Yeah. I mean, no, he, he helps, like, S.H.I.E.L.D. and stuff, which is his role, really. I think he's, like, he co-founded S.H.I.E.L.D., didn't he? So... Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Sebastian Stan as Bucky. Yeah, great yeah. as well. Um, I think he was a bit underused. And the news in the film. Well, obviously, yeah. that's, he, he gets more yeah. prominent like kind of yeah. story in um, and use of his character in with Soldier yeah. and Civil War as well. Um, is there anything else to talk about Captain America? Um, let's think. I mean, yeah, that's all right. I think we touched on like the whole. You know, militaristic technology in the yeah. 1947, which is you know, really, really like really interesting when you look at it. But yeah, it's like, you know, I feel, Captain America, First Avenger, directed by Joe Johnson. Um, yeah. It's a good film. And it's like, a, you know, it gets, ties in greatly with the Avengers. Yeah. As well. Like, all right. Um, last but not least, we're talking about the Avengers. 
Oh, I'll get a cop voice strike from that now. <laughs> I don't, that, that music is like, it's not necessarily <laughs> the most uh, no. memorable music. No, well, okay, so the, the MCU music is really quite forgettable at times, isn't it? But it's not really... I'd say, though, like, it being used as, like, you know, promoting Endgame and Infinity War, it was definitely, like, stuck in my head. It was, yeah, it was definitely, well, like, you know, I feel like Alan Silvestri's, like, yeah. scores is really, for MCU films, is probably more yeah. memorable than, like, other ones. Like Definitely, yeah. Like, you know... Like Rami Javadi did Iron Man score and his Oh yeah. I, I don't even know it. Like yeah. Eva's a Good great composer. Plans, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um yeah, this is one. This is the one. Um made the history, one. This made is history. It. A film where you have a bunch of your of superheroes, combat characters, uh fighting alongside each other against a big baddie. Like it's, uh, it's brilliant, isn't it? Brilliant, like and the way they all come together is really well done. Like, Josh yeah. Whedon directed, he wrote this, he probably wrote wrote this as well. Yeah. And he did a great job, yeah. to be honest. He did a great job. I um I sort of like how all the characters at the beginning, they're almost fighting each other. You know, they, they, yeah. they don't get along because why should they? They're superheroes. They, they, they also, aren't It's a class of personalities. Players, you know? It's a class yeah. of person- personalities as well, like... You know, yeah. one one's gonna have an opinion over the other and stuff like that. Like, eventually they learn to work together, but that's that's really good. Like, you don't expect them all to meet up and be like, "Oh, right, this um, you know, like I'm happy to go along wherever you go and stuff, go along and stuff like that." Yeah, exactly. Especially when you have someone like, you know, like Tony Stark who's so full of himself and like thinks yeah. he's no knows better, and then you got Steve Jobs who like Steve who's, Jobs, who's <laughs> Steve Jobs, Steve Rogers, like. <laughs> Thanks for hey, that fit. Yeah, yeah. He was an egomaniac. Yeah. <laughs> Steve Rogers, who's like stuck in like the past, really. Well, yeah, he's like yeah, he's a military yeah. man, isn't he's, he? And he and he brings in yeah. like his old his like you know, like good guy freedom, you know, and all yeah. that. And then you have Thor who's just like who think he's obviously thinks he's above people as well. Yeah. Well he um, is a god, isn't he? Yeah. And then like then you got like Bruce Banner's like you guys are arguing. I was going to get angry. You you don't yeah. won't, you won't like it when I get angry. Yeah, yeah. You've got the literal god of chaos in your team. Yeah. And um, oh god, I remember it was came out in in like a Britain as Avengers Assembled because that there was like the Avengers was like a spy like TV show came out in like the sixties or something. Yeah. And obviously they could they didn't want to get people confused with that. So that's why they call it Avengers Assembled. <laughs> uh, and now um, everyone just thinks of the Avengers as Marvel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um wasn't it like the Avengers film that came out like based off that spy series and it was really bad. Um it was like Ralph Fiennes sure. Sean Collins. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. It was really bad apparently. It had like Uma Thurman in it as well. Like Oh, that was a few years ago, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was like the late nineties. Um, anyway, yeah, I find it really good. Loki characters, you know, carried on being developed in this. I actually, you could take a shot how many times I say developed in this, pod- <laughs> this podcast episode. Um, yeah, well, I mean, you, you know, it's it sort of it, it shows more of he he's being pushed now. He's not just you know. Um, this sort of power-hungry maniac who wants to become king of Asgard. Yeah, he has this shadowy figure telling him that you must do this, or otherwise you'd be punished. You know, so it's more, yeah. 
he's motivated not to fail. You know, he's not it's, just on his own back sort of thing. It's Thanos. Yeah, spoilers, it's Thanos. Spoilers. But um you know, it's it's like oh, the, it shows it's, that it's, he's not the greatest. Josh Brolin Thanos. Oh well. yeah. <laughs> yeah, the guy with the shiny eyes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um uh, I I yeah, I, I, think, I, I like how good. um sorry uh, were you gonna say no I was I was agreeing with you with your point um I was I was just saying like I like how Mark Ruffalo is oh yeah you know how he established himself as Bruce Banner yeah and how like he's in like that like squat essentially and um he like almost like intimidates uh Natasha Romanoff. Well, he's scary in that scene. Yeah. And that's that, that's what they don't really translate later on. That, no. you know, Bruce Banner is on edge, like, all the time. Yeah. He can't he can't risk becoming yeah. Hulk. Yeah. You know. It's, and then, it's, it's, and then it's very good. Nick yeah. Fury and all that, they're like, oh, we, we, stop arguing, we need to calm uh, Bruce Banner down. Yeah. Right? He's going to get angry. <laughs> he's just like... Sounds real low. But, like, Loki takes all that into account. Like, he knows, like, weaknesses of team yeah. so he plays it against them like he knows yeah. that he can cause the Hulk can cause chaos if he's let out of a shell like yeah. you know so um, he plays that to his advantage Um, I, I like it I, I don't really like the third act I think it's a bit like tedious fight. especially for Loki the fight yeah like you... Loki just flies around for a bit <laughs> yeah Um, you know obviously the you know like if this is a battle, there's no story going on, you know. They're fighting the Chitauri, you know. It's yeah, you know, we, we get it. Like you're coming together as a team. Is that one moment where it is, you know, really good? How like they have the little lineup, you know, and it shows like the whole team, and they're all like ready to kick ass essentially. But you know, I don't know. It's a bit, you know, it, it went from like plot point to plot point. Like you know, it, it was like fo- nice like resolution. Is it? Is this? Have you like rewatched it now, like now, and like you feel like it's kind of dated? To be honest, it's not like, for example, when it came out cinemas, like this yeah. film, like you probably thought, oh, this is a great film, but now looking back, are you thinking, like, and there was kind of problems here and there and stuff? I mean, no, I mean, you know, they, they did what they had to do, they had to establish that they were they're in like it's like the Avengers had a painful birth, essentially, you know, oh, yeah, they, they're not just gonna like each other, you know, go, they need to realize that. From their individual stories, they realized that they had to, you know, drop their um, own selfish goals in pursuit of heroic, like, uh, gains, uh, heroic uh, pursuits instead. But now they have to realize that instead of just, you know, treating themselves as a one-man army, they need to work together in order to help other people. Yeah. And they need, they need to drop their egos that they've they've managed to create. Because of being heroes, yeah, yeah, you know, it's like they can't just go around just thinking that they can take on the whole world. They need to realize that other people can have their backs, and they need to trust these other people, even though they are essentially like you know, it's a very like um, motley crew. They are like they they need to be a team, and by the end, like they are like they're quite you know comfortable being uh, working together. And also, like, bringing back the whole post-9-11 theme as well. Like, them coming together against fighting against the aliens is, like, similar, kind of similar, like, people of New York coming together. Yeah. 
against like I think, I think that's terrorism. why they based it in New York. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And also, it's, it's sort of an iconic location as well. And I don't know if they were going to set, you know, the whole like, um, oh, what was it called? It uh, the incident is that what it's called afterwards? The incident. Like, I don't know what it's called. It's like this the name for it, and it's it's it. If you, if you watch the the Netflix Marvel or films um, TV shows, they refer to it as the incident. I think, and so and that's basically the Battle of New York. All oh, right. So it's called the incident. Um, because it's a lot of it, it sets uh, up a lot of stuff because obviously it sets up yeah the, um, the, it's a backdrop for Spider Man Homecoming, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke yeah. Cage, Iron Fist. You know, so like, yeah, it's referred to in um, Luke Cage and stuff. It's um, it's what it's what some people call like you know what it's like recordings of what happened. Yeah. So essentially, it's more of like a. Yeah, more like a, a a grassroots sort of like um, recordings. Yeah, or amateur like recordings of the well the in, the incident. Yeah, yeah, and also it's a big. It also, it's like a turning point because now you've got the same way. I feel like Batman Superman basically opened up the world to metahumans in DC DCU. Yeah, this. Battle, this event, this film opens up, you know, the world to superheroes properly. Yeah. To be yeah. honest, they become like major celebrities. People know them. Yeah. You know, I like. Mean, you have like some people becoming quite famous because, you know, you've got Captain America who's famous. Yeah. Um, yeah. Iron Man. But then, yeah, like they are like they're coming together as a team and, and they're. Yeah. And they, yeah. you know, that carries over. You get like, there's, there's some scenes in like some of the films where you get like figurines of. Captain America, Thor, and all that. People dressing up as Thor and Captain America. You you get me, like, yeah, um, yeah. It's like you know, it's it's a mass new wave in like pop culture in that universe, isn't it? Um, I was going to say as well. uh, Apart from, oh, I I was going to say as well. Like, know the whole joke about the earpieces. What's that? So, do you know they set? Do you know like they don't have earpieces in their ears yeah. when they're talking in the third act, and yeah. then like they put their they put like their finger to their ear to like listen. There's no earpiece yeah. there, and like it's funny. But then some like I don't know it, it. It's funny to look. It's like they they communicate with each other for, like long distances, but they haven't got any earpieces. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> For stupid. I know. Maybe, maybe there's. So a go team. back. Go back and watch that, yeah. that, the third act. You could tell what you could tell what one about. Like maybe there's a funny. like I don't know like an in-universe explanation. Like no, oh, it's, a, it's a special point. Stark one. No, so small. There's, there's a point where like Captain America is like talking to Tony, and Tony's like flying on like the other side <laughs> of the city. It's like, well, how the hell can they? I don't know. I'm just maybe I'm just being so like you know fussy. I don't know. Like, but I'm not even fussy about it. It doesn't like. Affect my score, yeah, film. yeah, but it's just something that's funny when you rewatch the battle and stuff, yeah, and um, yeah, and um, obviously, then realize at the end, Thanos is the big bad, like he's the man manipulating Loki in the events mm. behind the scenes, and it sets up like this. Josh Whedon uses Thanos as a way to set up the big bad of the MCU of these first three phases, which I think is great great i i think it's good like how they took their time 
um, sort of setting up how mysterious yeah. and how yeah you know that he he is such a a big boss that he doesn't like you know why would he get his hands dirty? He's sending his no. minions in, and he's only getting involved really because his minions are failing. Yeah, you know. Uh, yeah, it's good. I mean, what they say in the end is like, um, oh, it's like an advisor, like you know, that 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 advisor to Thanos. He's oh, like, the, um, the other, yeah, yeah. He's like, uh, to challenge them is to challenge. It, it's the court. It's the death. Yeah, so yeah. But, that that's um, yeah. a hint of the comics. But that never that never happens. Though, no, really. <laughs> it's, it's a double meaning though because. You know, it's it's like saying that, like you know, to challenge them is like is to ask for death, essentially. You know? But yeah, people in the, I think at the time, like it was meant to be a joke that, well, he loves death, so it's no problem. Yeah, you know, and he and he smiles like knowingly. I, it's it's good, you know, in setting up this big bad. Who, I mean, obviously it does pay off at the end, but at the time, like you were thinking, no way are they actually gonna bring Thanos in. Reese? Yeah, oh yeah. Oh, it's, uh, um, I, th- I thought you cut off then. It's, uh, no, 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 I thought you cut off. Sorry. You know, I, I was just like, just just thinking, like, I don't know, it just seemed like it was so far away and, and that, like, even if it was going to be that big, it wouldn't be that um, entertaining. No. You know, like, thinking, nah, like, actually having Thanos come down and, like, you know, but then they established then that, oh, no, Thanos wants to... So, how early do they establish that Thanos wants the uh, stones? Is it Guardians? Yeah, it is. Yeah. All right. Guardians is the first time like he wants ah. the stones. All right. Obviously, he he wants a Tesseract. Yeah. So, he obviously hires or manipulates Loki to invade Earth. Yeah. Take over Earth, saying, Loki, you can you know take over Earth, like, you know, I don't care. Yeah. Just give me the tesseract. Hmm. Well, he just wants to use him as um, like a puppet uh, ruler, yeah, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. But obviously, like his idea of wanting to finish stones goes way back before that. Yeah. Um, but that's a good part to really finish on, to be honest. Um, so we've gone through all six of them. Yeah. Um, let's let's go through our rankings on which are which our favourite. We we right it's not quite explaining because we've gone we gone through the reasons why. Yeah. Um, uh, we like them. Um, I'll start off mine. So number one, or should we start? On, should we start off from the bottom? Actually, um, I'll start off from the bottom. Okay. Right so number six is the Incredible Hulk. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's a forgettable Marvel film. You know, it's, you know, it's just I wouldn't say it's the greatest, but it's quite a forgettable Marvel film. Sadly, number five, Iron Man two. You know. Exposition film, yeah. All uh, right, number four is four. You know, like it, it's a, it's 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 an alright film, but um, you know, not as good as Iron Man three that comes in number three. Iron Man one, sorry, <laughs> that comes in in number three. And then I'll have Captain America: The First Avenger as number two, and of course the Avengers number one. Ooh, mine was different. Cause I want to go like. Number one is Captain America, and I was thinking yeah. number two is Avengers, but I was like, actually, I prefer Avengers more. Like, yeah. And then it changes to number one. Okay, what's, uh, um, what's your one? So, 
I said number six, you know, last place, the Incredible Hulk, because yeah. it's just, maybe because it's so different, it just, I don't know, it just doesn't work sometimes. Um, well, I mean, we've, we've, we've already uh, griped about it, haven't we? So. Yeah, yeah. Um, number five, Iron Man 2, just because you know, it pales in comparison with the first one, and I don't think the other ones really falter as much as, yeah. um, I mean, also because it falters as a sequel, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. So you're going to hate me, but number four, The Avengers. It's because of the third act. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And, I think, like, I don't know, it's a bit clanky. Like, I, I like it. I, I, I do. But maybe maybe it's, I'm looking at it through oh, rose-tinted glasses. Ignore, ignore I know. You think fourth better than The Avengers. Oh, I know. Um, <laughs> I, I, put, I put it number four. So, yeah, it's, like, very controversial. Um Number three is oh. Thor. I, I realised I just gave four a four. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, got to your well, answer. Yeah, uh, enough. Um, um, so, yeah, n- number three. three is number three is Thor because I don't know. I, I like the characters. I like the characterization, but I think like the I don't know the directions a bit all over the place. And Kenneth Branagh, I think he didn't know what he was doing. Like in the uh, like on Earth and all that storyline and stuff, and I think the supporting uh, characters on Earth are a bit bland. Um, okay. Number two is the first Avenger because I I yeah. like I like the the themes it it tries to relay and I like the the setting. Yeah. Um, and I like well I just like the characters I like the Red Skull, um, Peggy Carter's right. Um, number one, Iron Man. Yeah. I mean. I don't know. I just it started it all off, you know. Yeah, just like it's 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 unassuming, you know. I I like the intro. Um, so much weighed in that film, like yeah, uh, like I feel like if Iron Man was successful, yeah, you would not have a DCEU now. Yeah, you would not have MCU as it is today. Yeah, and a lot of these whole cinematic universes would not have happened if it weren't for the success of Iron Man. Oh yeah. I mean, and I'll say I'll, I'll say the Avengers as well because the whole team come together, yeah. and from other films and work, you know, it been working really well. That's another point. But Iron Man, when yeah. you started it off, yeah, it all like, depended on that film. Yeah, the groundbreaking achievement yeah. of cinema, yeah, MCU is, and obviously yeah. Iron Man is can't is like the origins of it. I um I I, I got a nice little thing. Like, what's your favorite post credit scene out of all those films? Oh, right. Okay, so. I'm trying to go through them again. Iron Man, we've got the Avengers Initiative yep. and yeah, meet Nick Fury. Incredible Hulk, Thunderbolt Ross. Yeah, you meet Stark yeah. in the bar. Yeah. Iron Man 2, you've got Phil Coulson on the phone saying they found the, the Force Hammer in yep. New Mexico. For the most great scenes for is uh, Dr. Selvick um, possessed by Loki or Loki like. Like influencing yeah. Dr. Selvick. Number five, Captain America. Is that what <laughs> Captain America? Yeah, it's just um like um uh it's just a preview for Avengers. It's it's oh, when right. okay. it's when um uh Steve Rogers oh, yeah, is on but, the punching bag. Yeah, I remember that yeah. one. Um and number six, obviously Thanos. Thanos. I'll say yeah. I'll say Avengers, Thanos, best crazy scene, to be honest. Yeah, um it shocked it I shocked mean, me back. Back then, and yeah. I was like, 
really sets a lot of stuff up. Yeah. And like, I really enjoyed that. I don't know, because you, you don't really see who it is, you know, and you don't really... No. Like, if, if you weren't no. really into the comics... Yeah. yeah. I mean, he looks sinister, you know, he looks like a villain. Even if you don't know who Thanos is, you think, oh my God, like, he's the, the one pulling the strings. He's the one that's been orchestrating all this. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree, actually. Yeah, I think the, the Avengers uh, post-credits is my favourite. Yeah. F- followed closely by... Um, um, I don't know. Maybe just I'll say Iron my Man. One, yeah, Iron Man. I'll say Iron Man's yeah. second close one. The Avengers Initiative. Yeah. You know, Nick Fury. Yeah. Because yeah. I I like how um Nick Fury's in the shadows and it's it's almost like he's a villain. You well, they had the like... skeleton. They had the skeleton crew um for the set the filming, so so yeah. it was leaked that Nick Fury, Samuel Jackson, Nick Fury was in it. Oh, brilliant! So they had the skeleton crew. Yeah. Really, really well done. Um. Right. Um, anything else you want to talk about with um, um, Phase One? Um, I don't know really. Uh, how about so your favorite villain from oh, Phase One? Probably be Loki, right? Yeah, I'll yeah, I'll definitely yeah. say Loki. I think my second yeah. one would be oh, uh, Red Skull. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Red Skull. Yeah. I mean, it's not um, much to choose from, to be honest. Yeah. Like, Loki's in two, been in for two of the films. And then you've got what, like, um, Iron Monger, Whiplash, and then you've got. Um, the Abomination. Abomination, yeah. Well, so. well I mean, it, the Abomination is more like a secondary antagonist, really, isn't he? I mean, Thunderbolt Ross is yeah. like the primary antagonist. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, he's quite bland, though. He's just your, in that what, film, he's just bland. What's yeah. your one? I don't know. See, I, I'm not, I, I wasn't really a fan of like Loki as a villain. I just thought like he was a villain because he's a villain. Yeah. I know like it's good motivation for it and good characterization, but I don't know. Well, I would say with the problem with Red Skull is he's all he's one sided. Yeah, well. he's like, evil because he's, he's evil. Yeah. yeah, yeah, which is a bit like yeah. you know falls in the same trap yeah. as Marvel's in the yeah. past. I, I gotta say like. I think Justin Hammer is like a secondary antagonist in yeah, Iron Man Two. But he's also one side as well. He just there. Yeah, so he wants I, mean, I, money I, I like and... Sam Rockwell playing him though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he was he? He's now in Riker Prison. I think Sam Rockwell is. There's a there's a prison. Is that in, um, no, it's a prison in MCU. It's Riker Island. Oh yeah, yeah. And I think Sam yeah. Rockwell's locked up there. I think. No, Sam Rockwell's character, Justin Hammer's locked I think, up there. I think, I think the Abomination's the Abomination well. locked up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, Helmut Zemo, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, obviously he's going to come back in the upcoming. Yeah, maybe he's going to escape, or I don't know. Falcon yeah. Winter Soldier. Uh, what do I think now? Um, we covered it actually. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good um, talk. Anyway. Yeah, good talk. Good talk. Um, I was going to say to uh, our listeners that. This would be our one of like four MCU films. Like it's going to be kind of like a short series we're doing. So sometime in the future, we are going to do in um, phase two. Same thing we did today with um, phase one. Going to go through phase two films, and then later on we're going to do an episode on phase three, all the way up to Spider-Man: Far From Home. And then we do an episode um, because we've got a lot of time before Black Widow comes out in October. Yeah. 
So then we're going to do another episode called like the future of MCU. So stuff of what we would like to see in the upcoming phases. Uh, what you know, like what how we would like to have the X Men put in the MCU. What oh, villains well, would we yeah. like to come in and stuff like that. What kind of book stories can they adapt? You know all that. And um, say now for our upcoming um, uh, episode schedule as well. So. Um, episode eight, the one coming after, which will be recording on Tuesday, hopefully, it's going to be back to Cases of Conspiracy Part Two. We really enjoyed our first one, so we can try and use a lot of our time on these cases, these cases of conspiracy series as well. Uh, which could like a sub series, it's a sub series in there. I don't think that's an actual word, um, like it's like a because this yeah, is like a series, it's... but it's like a series in the series, like. A, it's just like a yeah, it's like a series on its own, really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mi- so mini gonna... series or uh, yeah, I, I would you yeah. say that. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I think we'll we split into like small series in like yeah. podcasts because right now I put this under like a season. So yeah. Like it's like season one, you know, like of our, of our podcast, like yeah, technically, but um, yeah. So um, case of the conspiracy part two. We're gonna delve into some of history's greatest mysteries. Um, looking at well, uh, sneak peek, we're gonna be looking at um, the Franklin ex- ex- expedition, the, the disappearance of the Franklin expedition, and disappearance of the Ninth Legion ex- expedition as well. And we'll go off from there. So we're looking forward to doing that, aren't we, uh, Reese? Oh, I, I mean. I just love like all that sort of like mystery yeah, stuff in general. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. just talk about that. That'd be yeah, really fun. we've got some yeah. wacky theories planned. Out, haven't we? <laughs> that we do. Yeah, that we do. Um, and then episode nine, we'll be looking at uh, HBO's groundbreaking miniseries Chernobyl, which came out last year. And we're going to be um, well, I'm going to rewatch that again, and we're just going to talk about like the, the series as a whole. And then episode ten, we're going to be looking at probably our favourite comedy uh, trilogy of all time, the Connected Trilogy. So, Shaun the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and um, The World's End. The World's End. We'll be getting our Connectors ready for that. (laughs) Oh, yes. That's that's good, actually. I need to buy Red Connecto for Shaun the Dead. Blue one? Blue, yeah, that's... Blue is normal, I think. Yeah, Yeah. Red red is Connecto. Red um, Connecto. For Sean because of blood. Yeah. Horror, blue, yeah. Yeah, horror. Blue for um obviously police. Yeah. And um and green for aliens in the world's yeah. end. So yeah, we're looking forward to doing that as well. Oh um, my god, that'd be so funny. Yeah, yeah. So we've got a lot planned out as well, but we're gonna be thinking of more ideas as we go through um the weeks, to be honest. Um all right. Um, thank you everyone for listening. Um, be sure to follow us on Spotify, Spotify, um, iTunes, Overcast, Instagram. We might be looking to put on YouTube as well, uh, Reese. Um, That's definitely, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I'd really like to do that. Yeah, yeah. we're, we're going to sort that out. And um, yeah, if you've got any comments about um, Phase One MCU, let us know. Um, obviously. A comment as well on this episode. Um, <laughs> if you have any, like, uh, you have any citations for what we've, what we've been saying, that'd be greatly yeah, appreciated. Yeah, if you want, if you want <laughs> references, I'll send you um, a reference PDF. 
we didn't often play twice. Joking. Um, yeah, um, thank you all for listening. Um, I am Reese Bolton signing off the Hoffy Coffee Cast. I am Reese Jones signing off on the Hoffy Coffee Cast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Perfect. Uh, thanks, <laughs> for, thanks, for, thanks for joining me, mate. See you there, everybody. All right. Bye, bye now. Bye.